All right, hello, what's going on? Rich Ryan here, this is the Race Brain Podcast. Today, most of the episodes, just Bracken Kirk and I, chopping it up. We talk about a bunch of different topics. We talked about the most recent High Rocks. We talked about Trifecta World Championships. Talked about a little bit about the New York Marathon. Whole variety of stuff. Talk about World Stuff is Mutter toward the back end. So a lot of cool topics and a wide range of things. Jack comes in at the very end. Very fun happening. Always fun to have Jack on the show. So I think you'll really enjoy this episode. Just fun chat about it all. So let's just get right on into it. So yeah, I did have a, a yellow running public shirt. I wore it a lot, dude. It was brown by the time I had to throw it away. I, I don't know why it's brown. <laughs> Kirk and I have had ours for two years. Listen, it goes I, to the cutoff stage, right? You just get rid of the pit area, then it's yeah. back to new. I put in work. That's why. I lifted in my black cutoff yesterday. <sighs> Do those shirts like so? The in terms of fabrics <clears throat> with these uh, like blended fabrics that's not cotton and has like a polyester or whatever in like the synthetic materials mm-hmm. the so i learned this as a tech rep it, the uh it's hydrophobic right so it doesn't want water so it dries quicker but it's oilophilic so it likes oil and it grabs onto it mm-hmm. so a lot of times these type of materials will stink pretty bad after after using them and then they don't get they don't smell better after you wash them because you'll use some sort of like uh oil-based um scent in the detergent or even like the fabric softener, like the dryer sheet. So like you're probably better off washing them with a, like a white vinegar or one of those sports washes that doesn't have like a, a scent to it. But those shirts in particular, the ones that are like, what, 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 like next level or whatever, just like the shirts that you print shit on, those smell real bad for me. Are you talking about our shirts or other shirts? Well, I mean like your, it's not a proprietary, you didn't create the blend of you the know. shirt. Yeah. How do you I know? have a loom? he has deep southern heritage rich do you not know about this i suppose i shouldn't assume you ever seen the movie wanted uh (laughs) is it the one with our curving bullets yeah yeah i've seen them wanted well i have a very similar loom setup to the movie wanted i don't know it well enough to to recall the loom scene just i think they shot 10 dudes with one bullet at the end like in a circle yeah Feasible. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So make sure you're getting your running public shirts. I got to get Wait, one. wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You can't say our shirts stink and then tell people to get them because they don't. I don't yeah, stink in my shirt. Rich I, smells when he works hard. That's fine. That's hard work. My shirts stink that happen to be this the brand that shirts that you use. I think he got his on Alibaba. Some I, knockoff. No, I, I sold him a generic version. Yeah, there's two tiers to our shirt <laughs> buying. And the people I like get the real deal and the people I don't get the generic version. The shirts that I print stuff off of are basically the same brand. I think, I think. Canvas I is the Can- brand of these. Uh, yeah. And there's like canvas. There's like the Bella something or other, like next Bella. level. There's just like the cotton, the tri blend, right? Is it a poly cotton or is it a tri? I don't know, but they're soft and they smell like roses. They feel great. I think smell like pits in his perfume on it before he ships them out. <laughs> I've refused to wash any of mine. I sleep with them. Just gives it a little spritz on the way out. Kirk lays them down in bed and sleeps with them for a week and then sends them out. It's a real nice talk, touch. Talk about pheromones. You will grow facial hair instantly. <laughs> so you have a couple women. Be careful. All right. Yeah. You got to, the dosage is important. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple things to talk about, but one thing I wanted to just talk about first, I was thinking about this and I think it was kind of important. <clears throat> um, 
that we dive into. So, and I, I didn't prep you guys on this at all, but I want you guys to, to, we just want to talk about it to see how, see what we can come up with on the fly. So if you had to choose one person in OCR, like anyone at all, like athletes, personalities, organizers, whatever, who would you choose to fight? Kirk, you're first. Fight? Well, wait, what, what, what is the goal of this fight for me? It could be to win. It could be to lose. It could be just to have a good scrap, whatever. Because you want to punch someone in the face or because you think it'd make a good fight. Because it make it, it's depends on you. What would you want? Chris or Glosky. <laughs> I want to you take wanna, her down a peg. You want to lose in a fight. Yeah, she she's she, she needs to be taken down a peg. All right. You can't just show up everywhere and be good at everything. Why do you think you're gonna time. win? That's what I said. He's losing that one. I kind of want to slap Aaron Newell around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and not not because I don't like the guy necessarily, but more because I feel like it would be mildly at least entertaining and, and think, there'd be smiles at the end regardless as to how it works out but i still feel like he needs to be smacked a little bit i think he'd scrap though yeah i think well, i'm not saying he wouldn't i'm not saying he's not a worthy he have a bucket got, in his hand aaron newell has the widest shoulders in the sport has anybody noticed that like he's got he's got something to work with he's got that tapered ratio what is it the to the Make shoulder him. to waist ratio mm-hmm. big wide shoulder triangle <clears throat> does why so, who do you want to fight is it one of us I mean, all of you collectively, yeah. Definitely. This morning, Jack. De- well, every day, Jack. So definitely Jack. Oh, yeah, Jack, Jack's not here. Jack sends sends a message because I was on vacation last week, and then you guys did this spring up episode, which I'm not taking credit for missing because that was impossible for me to make. You but, the vacation, but the vacation episode totally on my back, and he said, I feel like Kirk's breaking up with us like a little puppy dog. And then Jack says, my Xfinity is out. I can't make the recording. That's like my dog ate my homework. I have a flat tire. My Xfinity is out. What's really going on, Jack? Screw he, off. He messaged us on the internet. <laughs> like, yeah. Internet's out. Can't make it today. Uh-huh. Like, well, geez. It's not there. So I'm, I'm, fi- I'm fighting Jack. If that would be regardless of an OCR person or not. That's just like <clears throat> a person who I'm fighting. Hmm. I like that call. Where did this stem from? Yeah, where this sounds there, there's there's something you want to get out. No, I think I was just thinking about fighting Jack, and that was it. Okay. And Who would you be the most afraid in the sport to fight because you feel like you could get a beating? So I mean, Who's anyone with a military you? background, right? Like if you look at a Mark Audet and you're like, yeah, I'd size that guy up. He's like about the same size, maybe a little skinnier. I think it'd be a good scrap, but he'd, he'd probably you know do that move at the end of. Uh, What's the what's the movie with Roundhouse or no the eighties movie Roadhouse Roadhouse <laughs> <laughs> he probably ha- he probably has that move at the end of that or at the end of Kill Throw Bill yeah or the the Kill Bill one where just like the heart stops um, so any of the military guys I don't think I'd really want to to go down that route smart I don't think anyone in the pro division would be worrisome to most people it'd be the open waivers who have you know, jujitsu background or, or have a black belt in something that you don't know about, but the pro wave, I don't know. I guess you'd have to out of the pro wave of endurance athletes. I don't think any of them have fight training. So you just have to take the biggest and strongest ones to be afraid of. You probably yeah. wouldn't want to fight Hunter. Or yeah. That's what Isaiah. I was you know who I think sneaky Ryan Kempson. Oh, I, think you'd have, I think you'd have yourself a problem with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for whatever a, reason, like a, a farmyard cat. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. survived some things. 
Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I bet he'd take it to different levels. It would start with punch, and then it would be like some eye gouging. It'd be some like really like he'd win. We had a fight outside our house the other day. Did you win? I didn't. I didn't take part. Oh, I was out. out, I was on my way across the street to (laughs) to to play neighborhood peacekeeper when uh, like seven police SUVs came (laughs) roaring around from each side and came in, and I just kind of backed right up and <laughs> made sure I was part of the wallpaper. You went out there to like break it up. It was really loud. It was Sunday was it afternoon. A, in the was it a of the group day. or was it like two people? Yeah. Three people. Oh, wow. That's not fun. Nah. The, the people's champ. You could have been the people's champ. Bragging. Or a body bag. You never know. You don't know these days, Kirk. No. You can be both case scenario was I got to take the manly approach of going out to intercede and not have to do anything. Not in that periwinkle blue shirt. Wouldn't have been a good choice. I was in a high rock shirt. It said I was a seasoned champ, so they would have known. So they would have known for sure. Yeah, that's best. That's a best case scenario. You know, going out there is like, I really don't want to fight these, like, or or get hurt here, but I don't want to look like a wuss. So I'm going to go and, like, act like I'm going to do something and not have to, and not having to do anything. That's great. Right in the sweet spot. Nice job. Executed well. Did you guys watch the trifecta? No. It's, I, I was watching it's, other what, stuff. You want to know the biggest shock about the trifecta weekend for me was that Hobie Call and Cody Moat were flown out there to have uh-huh. some reduction. I can't believe they went out there and did that. That was my biggest shocker of the weekend. Seeing them in suits in Greece for an induction, shocking. We can't get Cody Mode on a podcast because we can't get him to respond to an email or take 30 minutes because he's busy. He responded last time. Did you know that? No, no. He said, honestly, I haven't competed in two years. I don't have any plans of ever doing it again. I just don't know what we'd even talk about. I we'd honestly, I don't even think out. we should. I said, we'll figure something out. He said, I just, I don't really think so. I'm like, all right, Cody, you've earned it, right? <laughs> he said, guys, I'm really trying to be polite here, but I don't like talking to you. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to spend any time with you. By the way, Rich, also, I got a bone to pick with you, Matt B. Davis, and Lindsey Webster. I messaged Lindsey Webster two weeks ago and said, Lindsey, we'd love to have you on the podcast, talk about the season and all of this. We haven't interviewed her in two years. She said, I'm sorry, I'm really busy right now. Could you reach back out in a few weeks? And then I see an episode with Reinforced Running with Lindsey Webster pop up mm-hmm. and Matt B. Davis, and she rejected me. Mm-hmm. I can't help but be a little hurt. I mean, you don't always get feedback directly. Sometimes it's like indirect feedback that you have to kind of take in. Okay, so tell like me what I, it is. Yeah. No, no, I think Lindsay told you what it was. She just doesn't want to doesn't want to talk to you guys on the show. It's a hard gig. Thank God my self-esteem is through the roof to start with <laughs> because... <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we were starting at a low pig. We'd be on the floor already. <laughs> we would. It it took it took a while to get Lindsay. That wasn't like uh like a message on a Monday, record on a Wednesday situation. That was like That's what I tried. It probably was like it it was it probably took about a month to get I sent her a message, on. a shoe question. And it, it was a week before it was seen. So I think she's just I was her secretary's yeah. taking some days off. She has a part-time job now. So she started working a little bit and on top of like all the other sponsorship stuff. Yeah. I was, I was actually surprised she did say yes. Cause it's very generous with the time. Cause it, it, I'm sure she ha- doesn't have much of it. And people are probably asking a lot of her, like, like the running public. Terrible. 
So no, I didn't watch the trifecta championships. I watched all the highlights, but I was watching New York City Marathon, Richard. Mm. You watched it all the way through? Was that yeah. on Pe- was that on Peacock? They had it on no, it was on uh ESPN three. It was also on a local news station there, and then they had a New York Marathon app which had a dedicated stream for just the pro men and then one for just the pro women. No audio, no commentary. You just have it up. Oh, that's two screens up. I had the pro men and the pro women just sitting on a laptop and a tablet in front of me. And then up on the TV, I had the TV coverage with, with commentary. So anytime they broke away and did a human interest story or did commercials, and I just looked down and watched the, the lead pack. You were I was really geeking out. In. You were a lot. Yeah. What I'm learning is Bracken doesn't care about people. No, no. no. <laughs> Human no. interest. I you don't didn't know that care. about me yet. <laughs> I have no use for people. <laughs> what kind of takeaways did you have from that? I saw Nell did. Was Nell in that front kind pack? Of. And did she fade? <clears throat> She's been. And she got beat by three or four Americans, I think. Right. I thought she was a third American, maybe second. Uh, it was Third? definitely Al- Alfina, right? Oh yeah, uh, Tulimek was was our first. She was the first, and, and then, I thought it was um, and the Bates. Bates was second, and mm-hmm. I thought she was third. Yeah, it's and a display t- of how thirsty and hungry our sport is for new fast blood. Because Nell Rojas runs two Spartan races three years ago, and she's now one of us, and we root for her like she's our like she's our girl. Like mm-hmm. no, she she ran two Spartan races in two thousand and eighteen. She ran a couple of tough mutters too. I think she was on the podium at the Tough Mudder World she, Championship. I just think it's hilarious that, it, and I feel the same way. I'm not yeah. saying I'm I'm excluded from this. So that was the main person I was I was following because her time wasn't as strong. Did you get any follow up? Did you see anything? And she had some cool videos on. She was like 28, 29, wasn't she? Or no? Yeah, but I mean, what's her PR? Twenty six. Yeah. That New York's Haley. New York's slow. Yeah, York's I mean the, the men's course record is two hundred five. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's but what's Boston's course record? Two hundred two. Yeah, that wind dated one, right? Yeah, and people can run quick there. New York's just not a fast marathon. So to be no. within two minutes of her PR, I thought that was real solid. Okay. So top 10 at a major marathon, third American. She's, she's signed with Nike. She's not like some under the radar runner anymore. No, she Did was. You? Didn't she take was. long. Till she showed up at Spartan Race. Yep. Till she, she got on that podium at Tough Mudder, people started noticing. That's right. Like, wow. Let's, let's, let's Nike comes, comes knocking. Did you guys watch the marathon? I didn't. Okay. I did not. Well, did you watch Tokyo? The Olympic also. marathon? Um, I didn't. I, I actually did not. Okay. Well, there was this, it was interesting. There was this uh, Brazilian marathoner who sat down twice during it and kept getting up and just getting right back to like 450 pace, 440 pace. He looked so good. And then he'd crumble, stop. And then I just kept thinking he looks when he starts back up from sitting on the ground, working out a cramp in the marathon. He looks better when he gets back up and runs than I can possibly try to look. He just set me out fresh at 5K pace. So it, it was, and eventually he was like weaving and dehydrated and dropped out of the race. He led New York City. He got two minutes and 12 seconds ahead by the halfway point. And he was like a minute 40 ahead by 15K. He was out. And uh, eventually, I uh, had like a minute 40 lead, veered over to a Porta John. Got out in under 20 seconds. 
and then started bleeding time, bleeding time, started doing that thing, stopped for a second, started running again, and then stopped, laid down on the ground, and then the <laughs> whole field went past him. It was five miles from the finish. Is there feedback there as well? Like, hey, man, you're probably going out a little too fast. <laughs> or is that just like the – or do we respect something like that? This guy's going for it. <clears throat> it is a crazy race to go for it in any type of capacity, how long this thing is going to be. Are you still like, this guy's just going to go to the point where he knows it's too much and he's just going to see if he can hang on. And then his body's actually – like, because mentally he's he's probably getting screamed at <clears throat> to slow down internally for miles before he mm. literally has to like sit down. So shout out to that know. guy. I, I, I admire it one time, <laughs> you know, but if history starts to repeat itself, then you start wondering where's IQ's at, uh, you know? It's, it was interesting because typically I would say you get to the front of a major marathon. You've never been in the front of a major marathon and it's lying the whole way. New York city is lying. There's people the entire way. Mm. You've got a lead trio vehicles you've got people all around cameras helicopters you might not feel anything for 10 or 15 miles you add super shoes into the mix and the the thrill of leading a major race and a helicopter above you you might not feel 10 or 15 miles and then it's too late but his coach pulled up behind him on a bike and then got next to him and you could see his coach yelling at him and twice he went like this and shushed his coach away. Got <laughs> and then eventually someone else a race official biked up on his bike next to him and said something to the coach and the coach dropped back it was weird. <laughs> he didn't so, finish at all then, did he? Was it no. a DNF? Yeah. 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 There were medical personnel all around him and he was taking the hospital. A lot of times these East African runners, um, I know he, the, the athlete you're talking about, you said Brazilian. Brazil. Um, but Kenyans in particular, they'll kind of go to the point of absolutely blowing up over and over as well. It's just kind of how they race. Like we're here, we're going to put it out as hard as possible. And, and we don't see that as much from, us-based athletes do you think nope it's the reason we consistently lead our nation on in terms of how good we're going to be at the marathon in the on the men's side is because they will sit back and run an intelligent race and then sneak into the top 10 mm -hmm. we had someone uh fobble i think moved up into the top 10 uh and he wasn't wasn't and suddenly he's top 10 because a lot of these nations run to win and if they can't win they drop out they're just running the race that is required to win right up until the moment they can't anymore. And then we'll run like a 210 or a 212 and sneak in and be like, top American, top 10, it's awesome. And then that's their lifetime PR. Like they'll run the perfect race, but they they don't go for it. Not all of us. CJ Albertson goes for it. There's <laughs> people that go for it, but we're always sneaking into the like the extended podium, but you may not even see us for the first 25 miles. And that seems so, and I think that's right. Like uh, when, when Des Linden was running so well, that was mm -hmm. like almost her blueprint, like not to be there and then really, really bring it up. And, and then at the end be like, oh, wow, she ran this amazing race where she really wasn't in the race mm -hmm. per se for a lot of it. It's kind of the opposite of OCR, right? Mm -hmm. People just go out and see what happens in this thing. Where did, so, like, uh, where did Rupp end up? Uh, didn't I didn't even see his finish. I thought he dropped <laughs> out. He, 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 he went right. with the pack, the chase yeah. pack that went after this guy, and he was instrumental in the cut down. One guy took out, I forgot who it was, started chipping down, chipping down, and then Rupp took the lead at one point on a downhill. He seems to be a pretty good downhill runner. And he pushed and put a little gap on the, the pack, and then within a half mile there or less, they were right up on him, and then about, I don't know, mile or two later, he was gone. Good he stuck his nose in there. 
Yeah, he, he's he's the he's the exception. He he runs every race to win, and he even had his quote beforehand. He's been known for saying this that I'd rather win in 208 or whatever it was than run 205 and take fifth. Or mm-hmm. yeah, that wasn't the exact quote, but he's just there to win, and he's mm-hmm. going to go after the win no matter what. And his results have been like, where, where do you think he would rank in terms of like all time U.S. distance runners, like top U.S. born distance runners? I think he's one. Yeah, I was going to say top three, mm-hmm. right? I, I can't think of a man sure. with a better resume than him in terms of distance. I'll say 5K and beyond. You say right. Bernard Lagat, but he was he's American, but he wasn't American born. So if you do American born, it's rough. If it's not, I think Lagat's the best ever in the, in the U.S. And does, does Lagat have Olympic golds though? Uh, silver, I believe he yeah. he's running what three twenty six. He's second fastest fifteen hundred all time. But at, when he was a Kenyan uh, citizen, yeah, right. So weird but frank frank shorter he has he's an olympic gold medalist right mm-hmm. and we have a couple other gold medalists yeah we have plenty of gold medalists but in terms of multiple uh olympics medals in different events and then number of national titles and a decade decade and a half straight of dominance and and uh and national records i i would say rup's the best that's it, it you could be argued but for 5k and longer i'd say rup he was coming up. I think he is the same high school graduating year as I am. So he was coming up like when we were coming up. I and mean, you guys were in college when he was also around that age as well. I have a buddy who was every time like he just didn't like he's not necessarily likable. Are you guys like fans of his persona, like his like the whole deal of Galen Rupp? When I listen to him interview, it, he's just like a nerd. And I kind of like that. He's got snot on part of his face usually. And I just <laughs> like that messy. Yeah, I kind of like, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting vibe he puts out, but he's kind of a dork. Yeah. Like a, dork yeah I see that in a positive way. way. It's like a little mm-hmm. cocky though. It's like a cocky dork. If Listen. I do not like the Salazar and all the <clears throat> Nike stuff, but mm-hmm. him in a vacuum, he's a pleasant dork. I like that. I, I, I generally root for him, but I think when he was coming up and everybody's like, this guy's the next big mm-hmm. thing. I think he was a little bit more polarizing then. you could pick a side. I had one buddy who was like, that dude's overrated. He's never going to amount to anything. And then every race that he would pop off, you just got to send him a text message. Be like, I don't know what to tell you, man. You missed, you missed the boat on this one. Dude, Dathan Ritzenhine and Alan Webb forever. Forever. Uh, yeah. Dathan was kind of a disappointment, though. <laughs> you know? He made the Olympic team in the marathon. And he the did, 10K. He did a lot. He just couldn't he stay healthy. Yeah, and he never, he never had a breakthrough. In the, he made teams, but he didn't do anything with it. What he was poised, what, what we thought he was going to be. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point, Rupp held the indoor mile record and the outdoor 10K record at the same time. That's why. That's, you know, 350 yeah. indoor alone. And then he ran his, what was it, 26? I don't know what it was, 44 or 46. I, I, I'm going to be off on that time, but that, that range we haven't seen ever. I think he still has the 10K. He doesn't have the indoor mile anymore. So back switching to like the the Greece race. Have you guys seen the Gregory Basilico run? Have you seen races with him? Yeah, yeah. I, I last time I said, did you guys watch OCR or the Spartan Euro Championships? These I guys watch are that fast. He is really fast. Well, he's two twenty four marathoner. Two twenty. Oh, is that right? He he kind of looks like two twenty two. Yeah, yeah, but he can run that. He can run on trails. He can run through slot. He's very good. I think Ryland, you know, Ryland, uh, just because we're talking about our, you know, we're U.S. centric here, which damn just right, consumed, yeah, is 
is if if I don't know what the execution was on the other gentleman, but it sounds like if Rylan could he had mistakes every day, I believe he missed a spear two races in a row, which I feel for you. He said he did a set of burpees as well in a race, like I think, and he was only two or three minutes down from the lead going into the last day, and he fell apart, I think, on the last day or had some more cramping or some crap, which is his MO now a little bit. But he I think he was good enough to win if he ran if he yeah. cleaned it up, right? Which is which is comforting, but it also like knowing, okay, the host of athletes we have over here in the U.S. is legit. We know that, but like every time we go international, every single time there's chinks put in our armor as like a community as a whole. Our best go over, and our best don't win. I mean, it always says something. I think, and and I I was rooting for Ryland, of course. I wanted him to win more probably than anybody, but I do like seeing the international contingency kind of take it to us once in a while. And I don't know. I mean, I love America. I love living in America, but I still kind of <laughs> like seeing it. I don't know why I can't. Why is that? I maybe it's something in my psyche. I don't understand, but maybe because this wasn't you. It wasn't you racing. If it was you racing, it'd be like, I don't really like it when we get it taken to us here. <laughs> well, Other people, maybe that's, that's okay. Maybe he he was really really impressive. So that last day, <clears throat> the the coverage of it, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know where. I think you just type <clears throat> in trifecta into YouTube or whatever. Jack sent us the link eventually, but he. <laughs> He really dropped the ball this past week. Jack is this past week. Now we're just coming to the surface. At least I gave you a heads up. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So the 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 coverage for the Sunday race was awesome. It was really really strong. It was Leon and I'm, I'm a don't know the female commentator. They're, they're like sitting behind a desk and like there was a backdrop. It looked really good and they they it seemed like they were watching it together live. And it was like, they were like nailing it. And the coverage came through really clear before the race. They showed like what happened a little bit on Friday, what happened a little bit on Saturday. And you kind of knew what was going on, but the, the conditions, it was pouring like drenching rain that like I've run a couple of races. Like when we ran Seattle Kirk, that it was raining, but it didn't feel like it was pouring. Right. It was like it's freezing Pacific, cold and rain. Right? It, it was, was cold. Tough combo, yeah. It was it was like Pacific Northwest kind of rain, though, like kind of spitting at you. And like I've run a race in New Jersey where it was kind of the same, but this was like a like looked like what it would be like a rain in the summertime, like heavy rain, no no relenting of it, and it seemed cold as well. People were kind of bundled up, so everybody was making mistakes on Sunday. It was laughable. They had a finishing rig that was, uh, I think, like a pipe to rings to ropes to monkey bars to a pipe to rings. I think it was a long, it was a long rig to finish every single female athlete in the top five that we saw missed. And I think only two male athletes in the top five got through. I could be wrong. Maybe just one, maybe just Richard Hynek. So it was like burpees were definitely a thing. They had two spear throws um, that were, that, that were a problem. I think Ryland missed one of those. There was a balance beam that Ryland, Ryland fell off. It was so slippery. It was like a skinny, they had like, I think they had three balance beams, the two balance beams and a, and a slack line. And so like the one that Ryland missed, they did catch on video. He like stepped up and it, and just slipped off and just had to then do a, a, a short penalty loop with a, with a chain carry. So like mistakes were being made all over the place. I think the spears that he missed on the first two, he stuck. Uh, is that what happened? Yeah, one, they were, they were, they were I saw one for sure. He hit it and it fell out. Yeah. It hit it, came down, rocked, and then came out. That's frustrating. It's, you you got to bury it in those. 
I think other than the Hobie and Cody showing up, which was, you know, the big shocker of the weekend. Um, my takeaway is this event stock went up for me in my eyes. It actually was like, I might want to do that. Mm-hmm. I think I, it, it showed very well. It's like kind of a cool event, like a cool event worth traveling for and experience. I was like, I could get behind taking a vacation to go do this. And then you show that saw the contingency, like a few big names from the U S chose to travel over some big names from other places, making this kind of feeling like a legit championship event to go show up. There was at least a host of worthy adversaries on both sides. Stock went up for me for sure. I had some FOMO. I haven't had FOMO around OCR weird? like since I started doing OCR. <clears throat> Stage racing, like we need, we I like the idea of that in our sport. It aligns very well with the trail world. And so seeing stage racing like that and the way they actually let us do that, they could do that very easily on trifecta weekends in the US and reverse the order of the events and people would come in droves. Heck, I would probably do that. Bigger prize, bigger championship. Maybe there's five stage races throughout the year in Spartan, go sprint super beast <clears throat> maybe in two days instead of three like sign me up that would excite me just saying every year i watch it i think someday i need to do this yeah the european <clears throat> men have taken it seriously and the united states men have not and mm. it shows is that a travel thing or is it just be. yeah i mean if it was uh yeah like killington trifecta weekend or something like that we'd probably have a better showing but yeah, we only had one male athlete, really, and two females with Rose and Chris. Mm-hmm. And Alyssa. Wasn't Alyssa oh. there? Alyssa? No, she did high rocks. Harley? Oh. Yeah, she was high rocks. I just think we feel like we have everything we need here. Like, we have the com- competition here. We have the events here. So why would we go over there? And it's a rugged-looking course. But I think Looks- it's silly. That's a silly frame of mind, yeah. And if, the, and if it's going to be an international world championship, too, and if the world championship <laughs> is going to be after a trifecta world championship, which is after all the other world championships, you know, like how many, like it's your thinker. How many world championships? How many do we need? Just keep up. What I believe is that it should be more of a spotlight event and it should be the culmination of the year. I think that that should be the end of the year and we should host the Oakers live there probably. Mm. But OCR or the Spartan world championship should be at least a month. I'd say a month prior. You build up all your fitness for this big world championship. It's less this year. It's a super (laughs) next year. It's going to (laughs) be a third of the distance, but, and then you had, you culminate in the trifecta world championship. I like to be a celebration to cap it off. You should have no reason not to go rather than does this really make sense? If I'm coming back over to Abu Dhabi in a month, I don't know. Yeah. 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 And if they, if they gamified it a little bit, even more like in, made it a team team score stage race or something like that. Yeah. Or even how Trail does. Yeah. Break it out by countries. Yeah. And then put a team together so that it's well attended. I think the Spartan team championship should not happen in Abu Dhabi. It should happen at trifecta championships, cross country mm-hmm. scoring over three days, cross country style. Score. I don't, I don't, <clears throat> it's right there. Why do they keep trying to do these like team races and relay races? Just do it fucking cross country style. It's yeah. fine. It works. Bracken, I remember the day you were on the uh, the council for putting together sponsored niche teams within the U.S. National Series. So it'd mm-hmm. be like Team Yokohama is Kirk, Rich, and Bracken, and then we would be a sponsored team within. And then that was in the talks. All that you guys were talking about that for years, having meetings, putting yeah. together teams within to give us things to root for and sponsorship money to be made. Why did that never take off? 
Uh, because that was Jody I's. That was <clears throat> Megita, Amelia, Jody I, and myself. When Jody I left, and Kobo was, was involved, and yeah, that mm-hmm. died with when Di saw his uh, writing on the wall. He stopped pushing the project, and then it just crumbled. And the next year, he was out. They were talking about a draft situation and teams for this 3K Spartan Cross format. Really? Hmm. I, that, like, I don't know uh, how exactly that would work in this first year, but I thought they had mentioned that at least when they were uh, teasing Spartan Cross before they made the official announcement. Is is the European, the, the race series that they have over there, they're, they're generally, are they by countries or are they by regions? Is, it, is there like a European... Uh, elite series or is it like Mm -hmm. a Spanish national series or something? Yeah. They have national series. They do. Are, are those going to stay the same as far as we know? And they're just changing. I assume it's global. Oh, you think so? I mean, if it's not, it doesn't help the push for the Olympics. It has to be global. There's a minimum number of countries required to participate under the standards of the rules. That's why they moved to regional champions in the first place, because you have to have regional championships in order to satisfy the IOC rules. Now, I was gone on vacation, so I was so checked out. I have not kept up. I've only seen a few things on social media, but fill me in here. And I know you guys talked about this while I was gone, but um, so all Spartan races are happening like normal sans burpees other than the national series or the elite series. And it's a Friday evening event where it is a three K and then, but nothing else changes as far as we know, except for the elite series option. Is that correct? Correct. Nothing else changes. Now is this three K money will drop out of most <clears throat> elite races. It seems outside of a handful of targeted races. Okay. We and think. then the three K format is only for elite series races or pro. it's not going to be a pro pro series. It's not going to be, to start off the Killington race weekend, you're going to have it. It's only for these. So we're just pigeonholing ourselves further into these very select events that isn't even representative of what the Spartan masses are doing. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Age group does not even it's have a the option false advertisement of sorts. Correct. Or a false representation of the sport as most know it. Like I'm not miss. I'm not misunderstanding. Right. No. Okay. It created a new version. It made yeah. it the stand. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, man. You better get get, get some ninja stuff going on because we're going to the first race wherever it is, Kirk. That one minute. Is that, is that what you guys you, decided? That yeah. one minute clip you just did summed up our entire episode. We could have just put that out. <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me this, 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 and this? Oh, yeah, that's dumb. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that does. <laughs> you missed, you missed I, one important part. I just want to see your initial reaction, which is. 1K prelim, 1K semifinal, 3K final. 45 people down to 30, down to 15. What's the spacing? That's a weird follow-up question, but morning, afternoon, evening? Everything's in the afternoon, evening, as far as we know. And the word on the street is... <laughs> okay. Heats are apart. <laughs> are what? Two minutes apart. So going to be some traffic jams. So it's the exact same course once, and then you go to the exact same course for three laps in the final. Once, once, and then three. So we're talking like eight minute, five to eight minute event, five to eight minute event, 15 to 25 minute event. 20 to 25, yeah. 20 to so 25 minute event. Yeah. 
the only way this makes sense is logistically. It makes sense in no other capacity, especially the energy system represented. You could have an island ninja, let's say, somehow sneak into the finals and then be six minutes back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, that was the summation of our episode, too. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Run the so, mile to get in the 5K final. Totally. Run like the 800, I would even say. I would say it's that much drastic. I would agree. I don't we, I don't need to chime in on. I honestly, it was just trying to <laughs> ensure I'm up to speed and understanding things correctly. Because as I've had conversations with Bracken, I think a little bit off mic, like I was, I'm thinking of getting back into it this year. Like I'm ready to go. And then I hear this and I'm like, well, huh. like, I don't even have a word for it. We're going. Are you really though? Is that for real? You guys are going actually to go just experience it. Are you being stupid? Stupid. There's right? no reason for me not to. I agree with that. This was made for Bracken. I'm going to go and just see and do it for fun. I think depending if like the travel makes sense, but yeah, we're going to have a race brain team. We're going to go. Well, I'll be standing. I'll be standing where everybody drives in protesting. I'll be there. <laughs> on the team. You'll be shouting Hanson. I'll be, I'll be shouting Hanson. I remember. I don't know. I'll have to think about it, fellas. Maybe I'll you, it'll be like you, Atkins, and Aaron out there protesting, and then you and Aaron will square up, and they can make it our whole <laughs> no, no, whole no. event outside of the event. I'll be, there, I'll be there protesting, and then when it's my start time, I'll run and quick do it, and then come back out. <laughs> that was actually again. kind of fun. Yeah, I, I didn't call no, back to protest. Shoot, I like that a little. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rich, <laughs> can I can I jump in here? Well, We've been I'm really done. negative. I'm done. We've been really negative towards everything, so I want to say something positive. High Rocks did a fantastic job of listening and adapting and making new protocol for 2023 mm-hmm. on the fly. They put out an email this past week for anyone who didn't catch it and they made changes and they all made sense. And they were all the things that people asked for. So I just want to say, I'm not just down about everything. <laughs> I'm not arguing just to argue. Sometimes I am, but in this case, High Rocks did something really, really good for the community and I think it deserves to be applauded. They just did exactly what we asked for them to do. And they they just did it. It just was logical and it made sense. It's It was so fantastic to watch. Now, so sorry, I will jump in. Rich, you and I were both there at the inaugural TMX. It was a disaster for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will have to say, now TMX, you ran the actual course. And then in the finals, you ran the actual course, right? You did right. The, you'd do the same thing. And I think in future years you had to do it three times right it was like the course it was three stages and ours and then it did get harder it got progressively harder there's only two years but in the second year i think there was three heats right and then the last heat was harder i will say and this is the only thing that i think about is do you know it was a very low attended event the first tmx but even then the way the energy built by the final it was one of the coolest fitness things I witnessed as a spectator because I didn't make the finals that I'd seen in a long time. It was very exciting. And the one thing I can see this build is there's going to be true excitement built up by the time the finals come because it happened at TMX. And I feel like it's going to be an exaggerated version of this, especially if it's well attended and well televised. And as a spectator, I loved it. I'm saying as an athlete, I don't know if I agree, but I hate to say that as a spectator, that format worked for me then. And I have a feeling it's going to work for me. We're going to build storylines. We're going to understand the investment from the athletes. We're going to see, we're going to be able to create a story, every race that was built that day. And so from that perspective, I like it. Just don't like it for everything else. 
That's what we said. We said it's going to be awesome. It's going to be sick. It's just. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm nothing new yeah. is coming out of my mouth. All if right. it was a add on, it's the greatest idea. It's just that it replaces the existing series, but this, right. the race itself is going to be pretty sweet and easy to film. <clears throat> yeah. And it'll probably be easy to attend and watch. And like you said, build that story. Like we said, logistically, the race is, it's going to change eventually just because it doesn't make sense. And eventually they're going to run the course and they'll be like, Oh, this is actually kind of dumb that we're doing two different races to qualify to a completely different race that notwithstanding it's going to be fun <laughs> and it's probably going to be a better product to consume and to tell stories about and to broadcast. So like if this is how OCR started, everybody would be happy, but it's not right. They just, it was just the, the 180 that they pulled on everybody is, is really the part. So like from an outsider perspective <clears throat> or for someone who's not necessarily in the elite national series or something like that, it's probably like a, sh- a shrug of the shoulders, like, Oh, well, like on to the next thing. But it's it's just painful for us right now. But it's gonna be cool. Okay, l- last question here as I'm catching up, and then I'm done. We can move on. Um, is have they announced any indication of like a five race series or any anything beyond just the general thought, like the the overarching idea? Do we know any more details about that? And is there going to be a secondary series to replace anything, or are we just all in on this one? There's gonna be no secondary option, stadium, traditional, nothing. So we understand. Anybody? As far as we know, I think that that is okay. correct. When and I was in the woods, like alone for like ten days, so I'm just not 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 metaphorically. Way. You were literally in in the woods. Oh right. The there was uh, an interview that Matt Davis did with um the ugh, why why can't I do the names Watson Watson and Hammond so they kind of teased that there might be uh, like uh, flagship events at iconic venues. So what I'm actually hoping for is that it's a more invitational style and be like, okay, the Killington race or the Tahoe race is $3,000 for the winner. And they'll pay out like a national series, like once or twice, like two to three times a year or something like that, where they can kind of drive the people that are still interested in this and not necessarily need to have them do all five of races in the series. And they can kind of pick and choose because there's no end payout and just make these one, like these, key events and kind of build those up. And that makes more sense to me, even in terms of like it in like the way endurance is kind of laid out. Now we talked about the New York marathon. That's kind of how marathons are, right. It's mm-hmm. like, they're all operate on their own. They'll pay out on their own. You can choose where you want to go and they're all their own like spectacle. I love that idea. Hopefully. Higher. They could have just been, they could have just been saying stuff. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I submit that we are put on a board. I, I second that. So it's Make done. Make us consultants or something. Yeah, I'm in. So let's put us in there. But uh, on the high rocks end, so they changed the sleds. That was the one thing that they, well, they standardized them a little bit more. So that basically they made the American sleds lighter is what it's kind of meaning to me. Uh, and height. And the pole height. Yeah. But the stack height on the plates is different still. They're not exactly the same. That's different. But the the poles were bigger issues than the stack height, I believe. I agree. So they did that. Mm -hmm. And the Rich Ryan rule came into effect, which is if you're top three at a regional or national uh, championship, you qualify for Worlds. Yes. And then the top lane fastest. So they just came out like – made an official statement because they had it buried in the rules somewhere, but basically now everybody knows how you can qualify through. And then how many, 
How many championship, how many country championships are there right now? There's a European and North American is that's it. That's it. So if you're top, okay. So there's like six people that automatically get in irrelevant of time as long as they're in the top six and most likely those top six will have the correct time to get in anyways, but it's a fail safe. Is that what I'm understanding? Cool. Yeah. Like last year, rich was top three at North American championships. Correct. Yes. And then had to wait for a roll down to get into worlds. So it's really the rich Ryan rule. And I think we should champion that. Mm -hmm. I will. I will need t-shirts or a plaque or the triple R. Yeah. Alliteration. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. The, so that, that is good, right? Because that is a thing. And if the courses are more standardized, like then they should be just be able to do the 15, the top 15 we're seeing now, even still like the uh, U S based times are faster for sure. And the sled push times are faster as well, but the European times are still. Oh, like disproportionately faster. So they, they're doing the best they can, but it's not like egregious the way it was. It would be like a two minute difference on a sled push in previous years. Now it's like 30 seconds or something like that. So maybe it's close, but it's still going to be faster over there. So I'm glad that they still do have the, the rich Ryan rule in place. Were you the shining example of that? The one, were you the only, or were there more that was like barely got in and then that clearly came from slower courses. And then they're like, well, this guy's legit. And it's only because of the courses he ran that, he almost missed. Were you the only one or was there a whole host of people? Like uh, well, Chris was a roll down as well. Chris was a roll down and then she yeah. wins. Yeah. Come she rolled on. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot more. Uh, so I'm going to fight her. Athletes. So you're going to see. <laughs> she just thinks everything's going to fall into her lap. <laughs> at, the, at the trifecta. What's your first move? Like what, when you stand there and it's like the whistle blows, what are you doing first? Just charging. You're just take, take, take down. I'm not going to stand up with her. She'll catch me to something. Yeah. <laughs> she's probably like a black belt in, in karate or something. Honestly, so. you're the only one who can pull hair and she can't. So that's what I'd go yeah, for. Yeah, I'm that's taking right her right down. I'm fighting dirty. She, uh, I was thinking about that today when, because she, she like busted her shin, like doing something silly. This is like, uh, like the reasons I wouldn't do live the life that Chris runs is because like I would worry about getting hurt the way that she just did. So she busted her shin, had like staples put in it and had then ran the trifecta world championships, finished third. And I was like, see, that's why I wouldn't do stuff like that. Not, and then I also thought it's like, well, I'm not as tough as Chris. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what I think on this, but, uh, but what else about high rocks? We had some good performances this past weekend. Brack and I, we hung out. We talked about it. That was fun. We did a viewing party. We did the, the Manning cast. Essentially. It was it was a total manic cast, and people kind of liked it. So you can check it out on YouTube. People got some decent feedback on it. You guys hop on here and just record yourselves as you watched it live. Is that what you did? Sweet. Yeah. And put it out there live. Tell you In know real I'm time. way out of the loop. Uh, you were invited. Uh, I think you were invited. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you, de- you declined. I didn't get an RSVP, but I it was <laughs> you certainly declined. I'm back. Don't worry. I'm back. I'm back. Can't hop down for a little bit. Yeah, drop drop the hammer came through. That was fun. Dylan looked smooth. Real smooth. And he went 58 38. Something oh. like that. 58 28, now, maybe. I saw one person I coach had a sub three rock zone time. Mm-hmm. Which oh, did you, are the rock zones up? I had to kind of split them out. 20 maybe, I want to say. So okay. his was had to have been around two flat or under, which that's exceptionally short. 
So add a minute or two to I, last year in Chicago, I think Kelly and I were four forty. So even if he was a minute faster, three forty, you know, that's almost a two minute difference. And then you take the sleds. Still though, season opener, he looked so good. He was chatting during the runs with the cameraman. He was just dialed in. His time is the second fastest time in the world right now behind Tobias. So he's he's in a he's in a good spot. And that was completely solo. Mm. Which I still think is better for High Rocks. Uh, Racing solo? Yeah. Go on. You need to either be closing and passing people or solo. I I know I I would, in my first effort at at that, I would perform my best if I was left. Heck, if nobody literally was in the building but me and I had my iPod or my music playing in my ears, I think I'd be better off. When you get caught up, it just, when it, when you over rev, it's too late. And the the temptation to do that is so high, right? I can't say we've had a, anyone PR in the midst of a battle. The only (laughs) battle type PR is when they're closing and closing and closing and eating people up towards the end of a race. So Kent against Hunter last year, like Kent kind of did get away early. He got away off the the skier. Yeah, he he ran yeah. harder than Hunter wanted to run. So I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call that a battle. Yeah, I, I you want to be true. hunting or out in front, free and clear, so you can just do your. Th- it's so easy to tip. Mm-hmm. People cause you to tip, or they just take energy away by passing you. It's depressing. And that's uh. So yeah, he's in a he's in a really good spot right now. And Dylan's the kind of guy who like he if he was in that scenario that you laid out, Kirk, just by himself, iPod in, doing his thing, wearing khakis, eating eating peach rings. What were the shoes, Bracken? Uh Nike Windflow. The Windflow. Ever heard of them? Nope. You, you can will. buy them at Kohl's. They're not a performance shoe. Is that what he was really wearing? Yeah, they're like the uh, the the knockoff Pegasus. <laughs> a good tread on them. They're relatively light. He felt comfortable in them. Aren't they real spongy? I assume. Decently, Peg- but Pegasus not. is pillowy. It's it's decently firm these days. Hmm. The Pegasus I remember was like a pillow. Back in the day, it was a pillow. It's gotten more and more firm, and then it got a little softer. And it's it's dec- it's decently firm. Hmm. But now with these new foams, all like the the old school <laughs> foam is gonna feel like shit. Mm-hmm. no matter what but he went out did his thing so he's probably in a good spot to qualify for worlds with that i can't imagine i mean though last year it was one race in europe in maastricht which they had the european championships again at the same location that's where like 10 of the top 15 times came from one race and they mm-hmm. were so much faster than what the athletes were capable of doing from a u.s standard that they all got in right and that's that race single-handedly mm-hmm. bumped me all the way to, to 15th or whatever happened way back in the season but 58 30 i think sub 59 you're gonna be safe what's your pr so. 59 and change uh 60 35 oh you're just over just over what was your rocks down there there was long it was like four something okay so you can chop a minute and a half to two off that so when i'm looking at these splits right like if you take the rock zone plus the run they usually end up being pretty pretty close to the same really like the runs either yeah like the chicago run i think was shorter and this past one i think was a little longer because this was a pretty fast rock zone so i looked at uh meg Jacoby's splits who set the world record and i compared them to linda's splits and the runs that linda ran looked faster but her rock zone was slower so it's like and then when you add them they were almost identical okay so it's like 
they do an okay job with that. I don't think they always nail it based on the logistics of where you can start and how you kind of have to end. But for the most part, I think if you combine those two numbers and like what a long rock zone does like from your mentality when you're still in there, I think if it's shorter and you're on the course faster, you can kind of get back to speed and start running faster. So a shorter rock zone, I think leads to faster run times, but in terms of duration and distance, I think it's about the same. Uh, what was I saying? What were we talking about? And so think, what, what, why did I, I say that, that was what we were talking about? I think we were just spinning. He asked your PR. I uh, said that was with a long rock. Zone. Oh yeah. Long rock, zone. long, hard sled push. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Okay. So, so you gotta be Dylan's fired like, up. Not- you gotta be thinking you're sub 59 right now. <clears throat> yeah. Like seeing Dylan and cause I'm close to Dylan. Our PRs were about the same. His was like 15 seconds faster. And seeing him go so go so hard and go do so well, I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> That's great to me. Now his his farmer's carry was very good. His burpee broad jumps are exceptional. But outside of that, and his ski and row are very good. He's good on the machines. And he just doesn't get tired. Yeah. But his, That's his, his main thing. Sleds that aren't, thing. His sleds aren't exceptional. His wall balls are very human, but he just works the entire time. I was busting his balls on the wall ball part too. And he's like, that's my best wall ball ever. I was like, they were terrible. Do better. <laughs> needs to be faster. Breaking too much. But yeah. I bet, you, I bet you twice a week, maybe three times a week, I get somebody chirping me about doing high rocks at minimum still every week, week in and week out. What's the catalyst for that? Is it a shirtless photo? And they're like, dude, high rocks, get in there. Maybe that's nothing. People just randomly ask me why I'm wasting my fitness. <laughs> you get asked that a lot. No one asks me that. <laughs> I get asked that all the time. I, I haven't been asked about why I'm not using my fitness and going on a decade. I, I had somebody message me the a uh, few weeks ago. I'm not going to say who it was. It was a personal message, and they said, "You have the most potential about everybody on race brain. You know that. You should be racing." <laughs> Said I have the most potential, fellas. You going to take that? I take oh, offense. Jack Bauer. He's that's out what there I'm in the Training right now. <laughs> yeah, he better be not here. Just trying to figure out how to use that. I was actually out. figuring out how to share that message. I couldn't figure it out. So with you guys, but little little screen grab, paste out the name. No, I wouldn't do that to this gentleman. So, but I disagree <laughs> with him. I, you should <laughs> highly. Yeah, come come out to high, come High Rocks LA. I heard you're not you're not. Re- you, you posted you're not even running anymore. You're done? No, I just took a you, week off. You quit? I just crushed a workout today on the on the treadmill. I actually nailed my metrics after eight days off. You don't lose fitness in eight days. People are up their buttholes about losing fitness. They're out of their minds. Yeah, you're, you're losing fitness because you're not training right to start with. That has nothing to do with your break. We can move on. If you're taking four days off a week and then you take eight days <laughs> off, you're going to go. Exactly. That's the way to put it. That's the way fitness there works. There you go. <laughs> Bracken, do you think Meg or any woman woman this year is going to go under sixty? Under sixty. I was I was thinking about that yesterday. I was looking at times. <sighs> the sled didn't look easy for her. No. So I'm going to say yes. I think someone can. I think there were thirty to forty seconds per sled waiting there. Mm-hmm. And then another thirty seconds of <clears throat> runtime with Lauren right next to her. And then burpee broad jumps. But she sounded like she put out, like she, in her interview, was like, I, that was it. I mean, she, I was stretched. She Definitely. was, but she went unbroken on wall balls. So <laughs> like, 
how how cracked are you? Didn't know that. Really <laughs> unbroken. unbroken. Oh yeah. So, and, I'm sure she felt real stretched by the end of that. But <clears throat> wow. Like what? What's so? Then you start looking back. If I do the burpee broad jumps, thirty seconds faster, and the sleds thirty, and my wall balls, I break twice. Like what's the what's the net there? I I don't know what the answer is, but going unbroken and not looking great on three of the stations means that she has time to drop. And it's only her second one. That's the thing. It's that it's only her second one. Right. And like her, like figuring out, like she probably took off the, whatever, two minutes or so based around yeah two and a half ish minutes based on just knowing what to expect when you get to the sled push, how mm-hmm. it's going to feel after a sled uh, or a sled pull, like what it's like during burpee broad jumps. And, uh, so like just the experience, I think improved a lot, <clears throat> but her fitness, like still figuring out how to, how she needs to train for it and getting specific to it. Like her, have you seen her run Kirk? Did you check, catch any of the, I saw some of the stuff afterwards. She looked great to be honest. She was a college yeah. runner. Yeah. I, I wonder like, no, you guys are way more experts. Obviously I've never done the high rocks, but I understand theory here. Right. And I get it. Um, like the ignorance is bliss phase. Like, does that, can that apply to high rocks at all? Like you don't know how bad it is and you don't know what you're getting into. Like you say, rack and you have a 1500 or a 5k runner who jumps down and runs a 1500 and runs an amazing time. And then they start to focus on it and it ends up being the fastest they've ever run as their first crack mm-hmm. at it. In high rocks, could it be one of those things where it's your first, second, third crack where you access this level and then you get to work on it and it becomes a real tough thing to get dialed in on once, or is it just so niche and nuance that you it doesn't work that way with high rocks like you must keep grinding to get faster is the ignorance is bliss thing is that like you know in your first three races you could pop it and then never see it again i'm wondering if that could apply and i'm not saying that's her i'm just saying does that exist or does that not exist in that and that i think it exists but it doubled back it's like six or eight i think that by the time you get to your fifth or sixth race you might perfect it and even if you get more fit after that, you might just stop looking forward to the races because there's nothing new about it. But it's such a long race and the stations are so long that one mistake can change so much on the back end. So I think it takes several to get even to the point where you can work every station equally <clears throat> well. So I think that she, like Kent or Hunter may never run faster again. I think they both will. Like the Kent we saw at North American, that was fantastic fitness plus the biggest chip on his shoulder plus people not taking him seriously plus a Mm -hmm. really good course setup where he got to do a hairpin get out of sight and just there's some boost to that i still think he'll be faster this year but at some point you don't get up for the event anymore well like for rich like you've raced a number of these like you know it's like you know too much sometimes like i could show up for my first high rocks with no dread because i don't I don't like, it's going to be more anticipation. It's going to be, I'm going to be blindly stupid. Right. And just be like, Oh, I'm going to go do a high rocks and feel it out. Right. But once you know, like you get in, you like, I know what this feels like. And some people become afraid of it. Or some people wonder if they can access that again, because you only have so many of those efforts in you that perfect tights, one of those things you have to perfect. And so I could see people running into roadblocks eventually with just how that race sucks. And then figuring out like like people get afraid of that or it's like it's a heady thing i don't know i'm just talking thinking out loud but i could see that playing for some athletes could it not rich like with how much you've raced it like, you like know I, get, too much. I, I get what you're saying but the way that this event is laid out and how you're and how it's front-loaded with the really challenging stations 
you're going to feel worse than you think it's going to feel. And like, I don't think you are going to be like, Oh, well, I don't really know what to expect. So it's not gonna be bad. It's bad right away. And then you're like, Holy shit. Am I, can I keep going? Is this, is this how it's supposed to feel? I don't think you're prepared to know how much you're supposed to push into the terrible feeling. Mm. Meg as an endurance athlete <clears throat> understands that like knows that to run a hard half marathon, like it's probably going to be hard for a lot of it. And you're just going to have to sit and suffer for a long time. And I don't think that people will necessarily be prepared for that on their first try. They're probably going to be get put on their ass early and think that they're dead when they're not. Mm. So I kind and of, you are your first time you actually are, <laughs> but <clears throat> I think generally, but I think that you can get in your head about how terrible you feel and then just suffer for the yeah. rest of the way where it's like, you're dead for this little bit of, of time, but like you can kind of push into it and it does get better or not necessarily better. It doesn't get worse. I guess you could say, um, training, it's, it's probably the, I would almost look at it like a mountain ultra where it's so far outside of what's normally demanded of your system that unless you trained for it, you can't survive the second half. We've seen a lot of people that can do the first couple climbs and descents well, but eventually the descents catch up to you. And that's how the sleds are early. Mm. The sleds, the burpee broad mm-hmm. jumps. Like by the time you have to do a walking lunge with weight on your back, most people don't have the volume of training specificity to handle that at that point. So I, I don't, have we ever seen someone crush their first attempt other than almost Meg? Like dude, really, truly not fade at all. I just Ryland. don't, I don't. Who? Will. When Ryland does, when he breaks the record in his first attempt. I think he, he I think he'll, I think he'll hold up. No, I think he'll do, I think he'll do, do well in his first time for sure. It just but, surprises uh, everyone. The dude, there's a dude who's, uh, his name's James Kelly, who did sub 60 this <laughs> year for his first time. Yes. Hmm. So it's, yeah. And Meg was like a 64 or something. We're seeing people run a little bit faster. Even like the dude, I don't know if it was his first time. The dude who got second behind Dylan was 61. Mm-hmm. Jared was 63, but you know, he's probably more of a 59 type of guy. And um, that was a time. Like when we did our first one, we didn't have anyone telling us this is going to be way worse than you thought. We all thought we were going to break the world record. So we'd all yeah. done sim and broken the world record. And then now three years of people saying, listen, it's not what you expect. And then they're in your gym and then you see how they train for it. And then you train like them. And people are getting our mistakes out of the way. Yes. And, they are. and so now is the time to come in and be successful. But and maybe this year with the sleds, it'll hit a little different, but the sleds here always hit until you, it's like being a parent, like until you actually feel it, you don't know how to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Like you can do a thousand pound sleds. Megita did. And he still blew up on his first <clears> sled <throat> because you don't understand the way it pulls on you at a different angle and a different level. Of, you slip differently. So until you feel it one time, it's hard to really train for how to train for it. Well, what'd you, you do, Brack? And you were like 111 your first time and then 106 your slower. second. You I took off 17 like, and then 109. Okay. So you took off like. Still eight, eight minutes, minutes, yeah. Eight minutes. Just yeah. didn't know how, would you say? Like, was your fitness notably better? Or was it m- almost like you just understood? It was funny. It was only fitness and strength because I couldn't run more than two to three times a week because I was waiting for meniscus surgery. Okay. So it was all dealing at one time. <clears throat> and then, it was. I mean, I would say 80% of it was weight room work. And the other 20%, or maybe it was 50-50, but was just knowing how to do it. Hmm. Not trying to go hand over hand on the sled for the first time down. <laughs> you do have big biceps. However, hand over hand, 
that, 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 that'll just grip. <clears throat> no, yeah, for sure. The grip can still get kind of blown up, even just walking it back. I've, I'm kind of going back and forth, like wavering around how to tell people how to prepare for their first time. I was really hard, especially last year, being like, chill, 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 survive the sled, and then kind of move into it. Now I feel it's almost like just be prepared for it to suck really bad and just mentally hold on to how mm-hmm. like to your fitness and to your training and just try to push into it. And because like you can blow up really, really easily, but if you're to run your best, I don't know if being conservative is the best way to do it. So I'm kind of back and forth on how to even yeah. pace it's these things. Thing where you, you can't be ready. You can be closer, but you can be ready for the feeling after it gets bad. So it's like, okay, you can't replicate the sleds exactly, but let's just do things until you feel like you're dead. And now you've got to do some threshold work at this point. That's still Scott style. Yeah. You have, you have to get yourself dead and then just get used to working at that point. That at least gives you the ability that when all those warning bells go off that you've never even felt before, you can say, I get it. Now we can start working. This is why volume is so important in it. It's like you can just crank on a machine and you're willing to just sit on it and do like a 30 minute tempo on a machine and push some sleds and then do some more stuff. Like you're probably going to be all right. The two events I would not jump into without specific work would be a mountain ultra and, or anything marathon or longer race or a high rocks. Almost any other event we do fitness crosses over pretty well. Unless you're willing to just walk a bunch. (laughs) And the problem is you can't walk the sled. And you can't coast the lunges. You can't walk wall balls. So maybe right. high rocks would be even worse to come into unprepared. <clears throat> the scenery would suck way more. Yeah. Better so music. You, way better music. Way more jacked shirtless people. Great scene in there. I love it. So on the high rocks fantasy fronts, you guys are doing all right. You got Dylan rip, ripping off a, 5830, number two time in the world. And then Linda Meyer has the second and third fastest time in the world. So you guys are sitting in a pretty good spot. And you have Tobias, who has the fastest time in the world. Kellen, do we have like a s- official scoreboard for this year? I'm just kind of collecting the I'm collecting the times. I'll send it out what I asked. No. Rich snaked Meg. Smart. Brain. Big brain over here. Or you knew it. <laughs> I just knew what kind of what did kind you of, do uh, that's what we're talking about. Did you do that in the initial draft? Like she was kind of your sleeper, if I recall. Oh, yeah. yeah, dang you. It they was after New York working together. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's been writing some stuff, or he knew what was coming. Oh yeah, I didn't. I think I think she would have broken this record eventually, but I didn't think it would be this fast in her second second crack at it. <clears throat> that's the thing. How many times did Lauren take? A lot. She ran Seven, like she's a bunch of like 68s, eight. 67s on her on her resume for sure. Like How she can come in and do well. Yeah. Right all these other women who have done it have done it going on, you know, six, <clears> eight, <throat> ten times. Linda, same thing. She's run like 70s, 68s, a lot. Our and world champ Chris Roglaski, when she won, what was her time? I think it's a, an equivalent to a 65. Like yeah, her time 65. on that course was like, I think what, 67 something, but I think it was like about two minutes low. It was just a slower course. Um, it was set up for viewership. Yeah. Which right. made it a, a not a good course to compete on. Those times just got to be kind of thrown out. Yeah. 
She, right. that, that's the only thing about her win is that people will give it an asterisk. It was slow and the two best three weren't there. The two best, well, everybody was there, but the two best at the time had another person inside of them, slowing them, <laughs> slowing them down. Right. And then uh, Vale just had a really bad race. That was Vila's for the taking. And she just like, and Chris was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm, I'll win. I don't got a problem winning. <laughs> It's hard to win, so people don't want to do it. It's true. People scary don't run out of front. Yeah. Take it. Right. Like, hey, it's now. Yeah. Gotta go. And it doesn't seem like there's and I think that's something Linda is gonna have to learn to do, is especially how well she's been running. She hasn't won anything big, but she's putting up these big times. But Meg's not afraid. Meg will fucking win. Well, that's the thing. Some sometimes winning is just knowing when to step on someone's throat. It's not about <laughs> running fast. It's about knowing when to kill them fast. Like right now you need to end it now. And, and Meg will do that. I think Chris will do that. Mm-hmm. That's what Hunter and Kent will do. That's what uh, Lauren will do. They know when it's time to do something dumb in order to just step on the throat. All mm-hmm. right. It's over. No matter what it costs me, the race is over. And that's, there's a difference between running fast and winning a, a competitive race. The women's side is going to be fun this year. Lauren comes back into shape and seeing what some of those euros are going to do. Here is Meg's issue. She will come off the sled. I know she's going to put in work and I know you guys are going to chat all this stuff through, but she's going to come off the sleds as of right now behind. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. She Meg went like unbroken. She broke like one time. Okay. Lauren's not that good at the sleds. Then she's going to come. So maybe I'm a little off on that. Then she's going to come to burpee broad jumps. That might be a place where. And there are two women in particular who are very dynamic on burpee broad jumps. So that is her, her point of emphasis. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen her past in a race. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't and That's know. a depressing one to get passed on. <laughs> yeah. It's sure. not like farmer's care. It's like, well, what can you do to me here? Like I'm still moving. You might just be going faster. So it's going to be set up for some cool races down, uh, down the road on that side. And uh, nothing really else to talk about. Michael Sombach ran well over in Berlin. He was 58-something. He's on my team. So shaping out well. Jack, have anyone good yet? No. Are you serious? <laughs> Jack took a bunch of people that aren't even racing. Oh, he goes, no, honestly. Tim, Tim Vinish, he's ran his a really slow time. Alondra was pretty good. She's 63.03. That's a good time. Tom Hogan, it's Rich, fast you, for him. You took yourself, if I don't if sure I recall did. correctly. When are you getting out? And when are you are you going to LA? You going to where are we gonna see you? It's gonna be LA. There's All right, so uh, then we'll get we'll get a time for you. Oh yeah, Kent Kent's on my team too. So him and I we're gonna be pushing each right. other to get fast times for the team. What, call your shot. I know we're ahead of ourselves, but call your shot. Oh man. Come on, do it. What did Dylan run? Hold on. I thought it was fifty eight thirty eight. I have it written down right here. He was 58.38, so I'm going to run at least 58.36 for sure. Assuming okay. equal venue and carpet. Mm-hmm. You yeah. should be right around that. Definitely faster than Dylan. The, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I mean, my fitness is strong. It's just like the volume of those back end things. I haven't done doing a ton of work on, and I've been doing more <clears throat> pushing of sleds of that tank, which is different. Like the tank blows up your legs really bad, but there's like the bracing that you need to push the sled on that carpet 
like through your abdominals and even like your upper body just can like restrict blood flow throughout your entire body so bad that you get off the thing and like it all rushes away and you're like lightheaded, right? You don't have that mm-hmm. bracing when you're pushing the torque tank. It's just legs. It's just like your legs burn. And like, so muscular endurance wise, it should be good there. But like that full on strength through my core and, and p- while pushing and trying to breathe, I don't have a ton of volume there yet. So it's, it's called the Bell Salva maneuver, mm-hmm. which yeah. like, you shouldn't really be doing that with the heart rate <laughs> that doing, high <laughs> while doing endurance work <laughs> like the only time during a 60 you minute race do the Velsalva maneuver is if you're on the toilet or you're like bench pressing squats come on bro squats We're, okay you understand i'm saying lift. in the gym right you get in it. the gym i don't need to list it all list them it's all what you do when you sit down you take a poop and you go i Velsalva for everything since we surgery <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i get out of this chair i go <laughs> 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 I've got to make sure it's all everything's staying in place. I've also have for every floss. <laughs> just, I'm you sensitive. Floss, don't even intra abdominal frequency training is what we're what we're going okay. for that. Right. World's toughest this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. We locked we in. A, we got a contingency for this one with people pushing back after Spartan Ultras getting canceled. Like we got ourselves. I mean, Botris dropping is kind of a bummer. I hope he's Big all right but, for sure. But we have people filling the gaps there as far as top end potential, which is pretty exciting because it could have been anti, a little anticlimactic, and now we got some people to really deepen the field. Pumped up! Can't wait. I got a couple people out there. How about you guys? Our own Ian Floyd. Ian Floyd. I think he's a, what is it? Winter Park Athletics. Oh, come on. I forgot we share him. He takes your strength training and my important training. I think he's doing the important training solely. But once he, uh, he's training for the Fire Academy, which I think he's crushing. But is he coaching under just you? Got done. He just got done. Yep. No more PT for him for a while. Right. Is he coaching and, under you, Bracken? Yeah. Huh. So he'll be out there. That's our guy rooting for this him. This is our second world toughest together. Do people know what Ian Floyd does for us? Should we give him a shout out real quick, Rich? Let's give him a shout out. That's our that's our guy on the social medias. He's doing all of our, the back end all of our good stuff. stuff. Yeah, a lot of yeah. the back end stuff. All the stuff that you're seeing most likely is coming from Ian. Thanks, Ian. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it without him because us three, we're not doing social media. Get worse he has and worse been. by the day over here. <laughs> <laughs> he, I just given up. I haven't posted on my account in like months. Dude, I'm learning how to do reels now. Shit is uh, getting. I'm gonna be on wow. TikTok. I need uh-huh. to get. I need to get Come that. On. Well, you got that blue check already, Kirk. I need some of that blue check love. You, so. you just. I think you can go and apply now. So I think you can ask for one on Twitter now. I think that they change it. You just buy it. You, just, <laughs> or you, you pay you for your application for Twitter or for <laughs> Twitter. You can apply I think, for it. I think now that Elon changed to, I think he changed it to like a subscription model. I think it's like eight bucks a month and you get a blue check yeah. and, and like you're like, couple, I don't, what, I don't, I'm not on Twitter. I don't, I don't tweet. So, so that's what I think happens on Instagram. You go on, you're like, I deserve a blue check. I need to be authenticated because nobody else can be me. I think what they do is they won. They, you just submit this really easy thing, I believe, and they will Google your name probably and be like, how many times does this bro's name pop up? And you got a bunch of race results, right? So like, oh, dude, this guy's everywhere. Like, okay, he's <laughs> legit. And then basically that's going to be it. That's all they're going to do. And they're going to go see if there's some fake accounts made about you. You know, some like Rich Ryan fan club accounts. And if there's a couple of those, like, yeah, this guy needs his own blue check. Mm, so so I, need to, a, I need to make those. Yeah, a couple burner on. accounts. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
And you're going to be plenty searchable with all your athletic endeavors in the podcasting. So you're, you qualify. I think you just need a burner account or two. But you know, you've seen those people that have blue checks and they have like 4,000 followers, something like that. It's like, does this person need a blue check? Does like this person just clearly figured out a way around how to get it? Couldn't tell you. So I I don't want to detract from Ian Floyd. I feel he needs a shout out. This is a guy who just has done the work for like a year and a half now. He's just put in the work and gone in on ultras and he's just gotten better and better. And last year he wanted his 50 mile best and he got 60, 55 or 60. And this year he's going for 70, 75. And I think he's going to get it. He just doesn't give up. He just keeps going. And that's how he trains too. So he's the example of if he just did it every day, what can happen? He has a, uh, he has a uh, body transformation story too. That is pretty remarkable. Like he's Mm -hmm. lost a ton of weight, got him built himself to this type of athlete now. So like his mind is strong. He's been training out like Leadville. Like he lives like up there, moved there this year. Yeah. Yeah. He like runs Mount Albert as like a benchmark. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's all his mountain out here. I got uh, Oh, go ahead. We have time trials up on the Leadville course. That's wild. I got a guy, Jeff Fettig. His real name's Jeff, but he's going. He's going for. I'm claiming it, Jay. We just had a phone conversation before this consult. He's going 100. 100. He's going to Hundo. He was fourth at Ode to Laz. Fifth, fourth, fifth at Ode. Dude's dialed in. We discussed strategy. I think you're going to see his name is Jay, but it's Jeff on paper. I don't really understand that, Jay. You're going to have to let me know, but. Jeff, he's going top 10 for sure. I think he can crack top five. Jeff with like a G? No, with no. a J. Oh, that's why it goes by J. Yeah. Then, awesome. Yeah. W- do we have any insight on the course? I, I know Matt over at RM <coughs> is doing World's Toughest Week. So I think he's kind of blowing up that type of content for these type of questions that I'm asking. But we know it's in the Southeast. But what? And like this they kinda, is the good stuff. People are tuning in to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon only content here. But so uh, southeast of uh, the U.S., I think. Yeah, somewhere yeah. there. So it's on U.S. soil is what we're. <laughs> but but like, are there any wrinkles? Have they like? Sometimes going to be another. It's always going to be. It's down into the 30s overnight. It's is it that like, cold? Yeah, it's looking low, like 36 as of now. I mean, it's not going to change much between now and then. And, you know, when you start dipping in that water for it's going to be, you know, it's not a lot of light this time of year. You're looking at like 12 hours straight or so of dark water laps. Um, It's going to be a big deal. I think you're dipping down into those temps. That's that's cold. 50 degrees, 60 degrees even hopping in water sucks. Make it 30 below 40 for five, six hour stretch. It's going to be the story. Some people are going to drop because of hypo and cold every year. It's going to happen, but it's in the South, but they had warmer weather and it's, it looks like it's shaping up to be a cold one high in the six, around 60, 65. And then cold. that's going to be the storyline. I think early on, there was a lot of talk of this probably won't, we won't need wetsuits. We don't, it's Florida. We don't, and then it wasn't Florida and then we won't need wetsuits. It's warm. And then suddenly it's not warm. And, just good old world stuff is now. It's mm-hmm. every bit as cold as Vegas was. Yeah. That Atlanta year, there's two or two years in Atlanta, I think. Mm-hmm. Those seem terrible too. I mean, like, this is more south than that Atlanta course in mm-hmm. Alabama somewhere. But it's yeah, it gets cold right and it's humid. It, it's not a good feeling type of cold. You're not going to be dry. I mean, a lot of those people aren't going to take their wetsuits off 
for 12 hours straight, they're going to choose to keep them on. And if you can't move fast enough to warm all that neoprene back up and reheat, that's the tough deal. As soon as you slow mm. down too much, it's, it's over. So it's the ones with the fitness, honestly, it's, if you got good fitness, sure, you're going to be fine. But as soon as you, you start that move. walk, you got to move. You start that walk, that walk train, it's, it's going to be over real fast. But that's the interesting thing about this course. They start giving vests away at 50, 50 miles. And you can achieve that by walking. Hmm. You can run that first hot lap and walk pretty much every step of the way after that. If you do it with purpose and you minimize pit time. If you just don't stop moving and walk the whole time, you can get 50 hours, 50 miles in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So you can do that and people will base their strategy around that. But eventually you can't stay warm enough by just walking with purpose. There has to be another component yeah. to it. The contingency there is a noon start time. It gets dark at 5.30, 6 o'clock. So all you have is like five and a half, six, six and a half hours of daylight. And then they're shoved in the dark already. So you have people who think I can run 75 and they drop at 30, yeah. 35. Crazy mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you will see cases of that only because of when you cold, you can't. I mean, we've both been, I've been there. Like I'm done. I can't function and my body will not work. And then you hear people say, well, I'm going to bank miles. I'm going to get out and bank miles. And like, that's, that's, that's true. They're in your bank, but you don't get to draw interest off that. Yeah. There's no interest on those, on those bankable miles. So you have whatever miles you got done, but now you face that potential issue of I'm blowing up and starting to get really cold. Like you want to get cold as you get to work, not as you start to die. So, and so that that I'm going to bank miles thing is really, really tough. Then you hear some people say, I'm going to, I'm going to front and back load my race. And during the night, I'm just going to do a lot of, I'm going to work and then rest. And then work, that just turns into, you don't leave pit for five hours in a row. It's, it's just such a head game out there. It's another one where, unless you're trying to win, and even maybe if you're trying to win the high rocks approach about like, if you could do it with nobody else around, not get caught up in the people going off fast, just literally mm. be like, I'm running 12 minute pace. And that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That'd be probably your best bet too following through with the plan. We were going through Jay's splits from last year. He went with the bank miles approach we learned. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's just incredible going from 46 to 52 to 55 to 104 to 115. It's got to be demoralizing to too. His laps were twice as long at the end. And this is no, he still, I think he had 70, but nonetheless, yeah, it's just not the way to go unless you're that good and few people are. You get one hot lap. You get one. Okay. Get through before the obstacles open. I get it. But that's such a genius move by world's toughness because it, it just it creates Trap. a vacuum. We got to get out. And then that second lap, instead of saying, I'm going to go 42 minutes and then an hour and then an hour, you go 42 and then you go 46 and then you go 53 and then you go 58 rather than you get one and settle in people. They, they still feel kind of good and it's tough. That'd be my biggest thing with this. Like, how do you even know how to pace something like this? Just like, I don't know, this feels good and it's still too, and it's, this feels slow and it's still too fast. It just, I guess it would just boil down to your fitness and your preparation. Yeah. Like knowing where you should be. The, uh, the, the dude's field. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just wondering, do we know the, the big thing is like obviously the wet and getting wet. And in Vegas, you always had the iconic cliff jump, right? It was like, Mm. you went up and you jumped down. How far was it? It's like 20, 30 feet. It's a ways. Pretty high. And it took some mental courage just to get off the damn thing, watching Rhea Coble sit there and pace, you know, before having to do something like that. 
You know, so there's some fear. What, what is that situation for this weekend? Do we know? Is it a big cannonball situation or are you just, how does that work? I don't know about that, but there's a big slide. It's a slide into water. Is that what it is? I thought I saw a 57 foot slide. Okay. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that's the only one, but that cliff jump, that element just wore on people. It did. They keep that stuff pretty pretty close to the chest too right and then isn't there something with like a it was like a like a puzzle or something where they kind of release what it's going to look like and then during the aren't there things like i i haven't done the event i follow it somewhat closely but there's but it changes a lot where you can kind of collect different items so you can kind of bypass obstacles when you want yeah carabiners they had in the past where if you completed certain things like if you went through electric shock therapy you would get a carabiner or if you did whatever the cliff jump you get a carabiner or if you made it to the end of funky monkey and did the extra piece at the end you got a carabiner and you could use it as a pass on obstacles and so you could save them up mm. and do hot laps at the end or you could just bypass the Skip one the thing night. you don't want to do over right. and over last i think I, there was something i don't think water was allowed though like there were that was like there's were off limits right like that's mandatory there were I, don't, few. I don't remember that exact rule there's one they had to sit and chip a carabiner out of concrete <laughs> and so if you did that every lap you could save up i think ian did that he saved up carabiners for a bit and then you could bypass certain things things that you realize are starting to make me cramp or rip my hands you can they're there and they close some obstacles for certain times and open others. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. So year over year, it's, it's hard to project like an expectation for total mileage or how it's going to compare to previous years. Um, Cause this dude's field is deep with studs. So Maybe. Like, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to ask like, what do you think? Like how many miles do you think we're going to see this year? What is not good. Wet is not good. So that always lowers everything. But I think we can see 105 to 110 if there's not crazy things happening. <clears throat> Did Bot just go 120, was it? That was 15. 115? Or was... I don't know. I can't say for certain. Oh, my goodness. Brack's going to go break up a flight right now. Yeah, uh, It's one voting day in City Hall as a voting center. And so it's just constant people in and out all day long. And... That church Hospital across the street is not a, a voting center? No. With the church bells? Nothing? No. no. thought it might be. Maybe, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, if they're keeping things tight to the chest, there may be burpee penalties enforced on some of these things. That's Could right. you imagine? They like to pivot hard. Mr. Doe DeSena. The tough is he going to be out there? It seems like his kind of event. He does. You never know, right? Maybe he'll win it. Is this the first? This is the second Tough Mudder Spartan organized event, or is this the first? Was last year a Spartan event? Like after Spartan uh, took over? I believe so. It was. So this would be the second year. Okay. This is the first year they had, I think, an entire year planning to do it. Mm. Okay. Just wonder mm. if that'll. Yeah, it was like a month or t- it was a couple months before, right? When that transaction happened last year. I don't know if we'll see anything like that or Joe DeSena shows up and turns the world upside down by offering 50 K to somebody or, you know, any of that stuff. I wouldn't mind seeing it. That's probably not going to happen. But. He'd be the person who would say, if you can get to 50 <clears throat> by 12 hours or 70 by 12 hours or something like that, <laughs> 75 by 12 hours, or what I would love, just absolutely love from the standpoint of watching people lose their minds would be spear throw. 
Oh, I love <laughs> to see a spear throw. <laughs> if they put a bucket carrier or something, something that's like very Spartan into the Tough Motor community, it would just blow up. People spear would throw go with burpee penalty. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, people would lose it. I do think, my personal opinion, at least in the traditional Tough Mudder events, I think it makes sense to me. Like burpees, maybe make more sense to me in that. In that, and spears, honestly, in that realm, than it doesn't Spartan. Like I wouldn't mind that shift. I'm I'm apathetic about that being added, but I don't. It's more about the experience, right? If you want to do them, great. If you don't, don't. But it's an experience-oriented event. It's very, very rarely competitive, other than these flagship events, and so. I think that's more of its place than anything, isn't it? Nobody needs to watch your form because no time's being taken. Who gives a crap? You don't even get a place. And I think world's toughest is the spot for a spear throw. It's designed about funky, weird things out of nowhere. I think Spartan Ultra Championships should not have a spear throw. I think everything should be penalty loops that are so demoralizing that you quit the race because you can't fathom doing that penalty loop again. A 300-meter farmer's carry. You know, something that Mm -hmm. after you do that three or four times, it's taking you 20 minutes because you can't pick the farmer's carry up anymore because your grips. I I think that Spartan Race is the place for make the penalty of missing so bad that you don't want to miss an obstacle. And I think think world's toughest is a place where a spear actually makes sense. Is it any weirder than shock therapy? You're kind of right, though, kicking you while you're down. You failed the monkey bars? Good. Well, we're going to fry your grip even more, and we're going to kill you. We're actually going to make this impossible for you to finish. And the yeah. cream rises to the top, right? The penalty is rewarded with actually making worse what just you fell off of. I kind of like it. Like turning the knife a little bit. You'll never see it, but how awesome would a 60-second dead hang penalty be <laughs> for a race? <laughs> right, you can't make it through? Now you got to hang for a minute. It might take you three minutes, but you got to accumulate a minute. Oh, my God. You won't be able to judge that. But and It's like, like a huge could- mud pit at the bottom. You just fall into the mud. Yeah. have to get back out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could make it bad enough that you don't want to fail obstacles. Kirk, you would have dug the, some of the carries for the trifecta. Some cool ones of those yeah. big chains that a big block of something and they're really in succession. You got to watch that cover. It's pretty solid. I should. The chain carry thing. mattered. Why? It mattered two years ago or yeah, two years ago too. Like, what was the deal? It was in a swampy like <laughs> river basin looking area. <laughs> And they were trudging ankle to knee deep and sinking into stuff. And it was probably 30 yards. Rylan dropped it at one point. He couldn't see it. Like, I didn't see it on camera. He dropped it, and I didn't see where it was because he had to go down and get it. (laughs) Underneath the water? Yeah. I love that. The change. Yeah, it mattered. It was a real obstacle. And Richard Hynek won, by the way. I don't even think we mentioned that. Awesome awesome showing on his end. Way to go, uh, Richard. Someone tagged us. They said... I said, will Bracken Crocker finally admit that if you did the race 10 times, Richard would win more than once? I must have said something like, if you did that Trifecta World Championship 10 times, Richard probably doesn't win again, or 10 different people win. I was referring to that year that it happened when Woods was there and crushing everyone until he cramped and Atkins was there, but his back was hurt. I didn't mean in general. Richard's a monster. I just want to clarify that. I meant that one year when you had a bunch of other monsters there. I thought anyone could win any any given weekend. This is your time to uh, apologize. We got to that part of the show. There's I'm always one. A, Look who we have I'm here. I'm doubling down. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Jack. Speak for us, Jack. 
Uh, how do, how does the the microphone sound now that I'm using it? Way too loud. Clear. Way oh, guys, too clear. it was a good discussion today. Yeah, hey, you guys, right, hope you all up. got a lot out of it. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, th- this was a, a tech nightmare for me this morning. So, if you want me to sign off and you guys just continue, all good. I don't know what I can contribute. Same the same as you always do. So we don't we never know. Yeah. We've talked all the smack about you. We possibly could have already. Honestly, see, might as well stay. That's All right. Say, yeah. Sounds good. I'll yeah. listen to it later and be. But you also you sound good. That's for sure. Thank you to our Patreon members hooking Jack up with a microphone. Sounds great. So you know exactly what he sounds like when he's talking about numbers and stuff. Appreciate it, guys. You do sound exponentially better. Holy smokes. And loud. Very loud. It'll level. It'll level. Okay. okay. I'm I'm gonna... Yeah, maybe you I, might. I feel like it's the same distance from the rest of you, but. You're doing great. Okay. We're talking about world's toughest. We haven't talked about who who's all going to be there. I'm trying to I'm trying to list them off. We talked about this a little bit last episode, but it's we got Mark Gaudet, Tyler Veerman, Josh Reed, Chris Mendoza, Trevor Psychos, your boy listen, Jeff Fatigue, Jay. Listen, Fetig. Anthony Kunkel says he's going 120. <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, it's like doing your first high rocks. You going probably could, but can you do it on your first one? Yeah. I love the fact Anthony Kunkley is going to be so sh- love it. high on shrooms out there, and he's going to rock it. What kind of what kind of body hacking he could do to get one twenty? I don't know. I hope Ben Greenfield is his crew. <laughs> <laughs> he just come in, us like shine light over him. So get Did back you, out there. Did you see Matt V. Davis's post about Ben Greenfield? He said, but I, this is Ben Greenfield. And he showed him talking and he said, and this is him now. He grew a beard, got necklaces and lowered his voice. <laughs> and it was Ben. He was just doing his normal talking at doing us public speaking. And then he's like, hi, I'm Ben Greenfield. <laughs> it, it was, it sounded like a, like, like a Batman. Ben Stiller voice or something trying to, oh, it was wild. Yeah. Ben's, Ben's doing it. He he's, he's hacking to the limit. Dang. I, I took, he, he's out of my universe. Like he, I, I used to kind of follow stuff. And then after a while, I was like, this dude is he's not a freaking moon. I, yeah, I was like, I don't need this in my, my orbit in any, any capacity. I mean, Ben Greenfield was on what Rogan, like two years ago, three years ago. Like if you're going on Rogan and then you're only progressing from there, like whatever that guy's doing is getting attention. Right. It was a very oh, interesting yeah. conversation. Oh, Rogan he's, ate he's it huge, up, huge following. Absolutely. And he speaks really well and he can, you know, talk about shit that, doesn't make any sense and people believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Who who was um just back to WTM real quick. Kirk was Elmer King. Was he the guy that you were pretty high on as like yeah. a dark horse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he still in the lineup? Other names. Is he doing World's Toughest? I thought he, he was, was. Is that when it came up for World's Toughest or was it something mm-hmm. else? Maybe Spartan. that was Tahoe, but I figured most people are probably going to go from. It was Tahoe, right? Yeah. If they're if they were planning on that, they're probably <clears> planning on on this. Who did I miss? Who's the other? There was another athlete in Spartan uh, whose whose name's slipping my mind right now. Who was leading the race before Mark and Tyler ran him down? Miguel Medina. Yeah, hey, was Miguel gonna be there? I doubt it. He's no? been trail only pretty much this year, and for like the past five years. I feel like you're worried about how loud you're sounding, Jack, and now you're kind of like uh, okay, really low now. Just, speak, just, just I'm pulling a Ben Greenfield. Jack that was a good, that was a, a an appropriate person to bring up right there. Well, hey, let's let's. Pull back the kimono. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other sleepers, Jack, that come to mind? Those are probably like the six or seven biggest on the men's side, realistically. I, I think Josh is going to be a problem. Big personally. time. Personally. Yeah. 
They Does he have three? 24 hour experience? He got like yeah. 85 miles at WTM before. Him and Mark Gaudet were That's fourth, right. fifth one year. And yeah, same debut. And you know, Josh is a different athlete than he was back then. Just like Mark, mm-hmm. just like Viram. Like, this is going to be a really interesting game. He and Kunkel are probably pitting together. Yeah. The whole I can't even imagine and, the things they're going to put in their body during this race. <laughs> the disrespect that we're showing. DJ Fox is part of that crew as well. He got third yeah. last year. Didn't yep. even mention, we mentioned like freaking 10 athletes. Didn't mention the guy who got third. Has uh, DJ it's, Fox. it's stacked, man. It's stacked. Has Fox become the highest placing world championship finisher ever to get the least amount of notoriety ever in the history of OCR? Has anyone ever been top three at world and got less fanfare than him? Who Who's Irene on the podium? Call. <laughs> who's that? What? Does he take third? Texas the first year. Yeah. And she crossed the finish line seventh in the men's field with Hobie calling his last Tahoe. Don't forget about that. That's right. He yep. took her out there and she officially she finished seventh in the men's field. Impressive. Yeah, Still though, I, DJ Fox maybe be might be the most underappreciated OCR athlete ever. Ever. His ever. put a stamp on it. His I mean, that finish that he had last year was so improbable because he's base he was he's essentially a high achieving age group athlete most of the times that we've seen him in Spartan. Mm-hmm. And like you know, he'll be on age group podiums. He'll win. And then he's like kind of moved himself into the lead. He'll be mid pack. But to get third at a world championship race like this, almost out of nowhere, what they're doing down there, it's working, man. And if like, what about what's Josh going to do then? You know, same type of methodology, probably a little bit more talent, a little bit, a couple years ahead of where DJ is like. What do you mean what they're doing down there? Do those two have the same stable? Yeah, they live together. I didn't know if Fox was with them. <laughs> yeah, DJ's part of that Ultra House crew. Oh, my mm. goodness. That's right. Now, now, there's probably not a more confident man in the field, and I only know this because we interviewed him for two and a half hours, is Anthony Kunkel. Um, <laughs> that man believes in himself. I demand can, drug earn, testing. Can he, can he pull it off? Can an Anthony Kunkel who's never done an OCR come in or whatever he's did to qualify? I have no idea, I guess, if he's done something. He had to, he had to qualify. Yeah, what did he qualify at? He did anyway. Texas, didn't he? Texas. Anyways, can he come in and do it? Can a guy like him who is it possible? Steve Hammond picked him to win. Really? Did he? Yeah. And Steve has no investment in Kunkel, I assume, right? Not that I'm aware of, yeah. I would be shocked by no connection. If in the next midterm election, the campaign, someone's like, and you know, and I'm endorsed by Anthony Kunkel, I'm like, yeah, you know, of course you are. <laughs> he, he's got his fingers out. He keeps popping up places. I, I'm like, is that Kunkel in the background? Yeah, that's Kunkel. <laughs> that's so true. He's light. Like his light. grip progression will go quicker than other people's will. And he embraced strength training a bit. He went out and stayed with Hunter. He's on board with that kind of thing. He could. He could. No one's he beating about that. Or Tyler, he stayed with me, almost stayed with Rich. Got un- they got uninvited to this place. Yeah. So, so Jack had to. Wait, what happened? About, all right. <laughs> quick, quick little side tangent story. So I don't know this. Maybe. Yeah. So, so basically it's like eight o'clock at night. And then Rich is like, hey, uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh, and he was supposed to stay with me, but he can't fit his bus at, you know, my apartment or something like that. He has an um, actual bus. To- not like. Not like school a van. Bus. Repurposed school bus. school bus. 
Um, I, 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 I didn't realize that. And so, so I'm like, yeah, sure. Josh can stay with me. That's fine. We've got room in the basement like that. So I call up Josh. I'm like, Hey Josh, you need my address. I, you've stayed with me before. No issues. Um, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there pretty soon. Um, and he's like, you, you've got an open bed in the basement. I'm like, sure. And then he shows up like 30 minutes later. And this is like at nine 30 at night or something like that. He decided to do the incline the day before, um, or earlier that, that day, day, instead of just going straight, straight here. He shows up, seven people roll out. And I'm like, well, I was not expecting seven people to stay here. And one of them was Anthony Kunkel. And uh, basically, they just made uh, Tent City in the in the basement. And it worked out. So They call that making was... a nest, I believe. Essentially, yeah. yeah. But... Only if they're about to drop acid, Kirk. <laughs> That's when it's a nest. I remember I had to like, but you act, you make a, a nest. Is that, am I understanding correctly? Like a, a nest? He's like, yeah, like a trip nest. Like a trip nest. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, doing, yeah. they're decriminalized. They, uh, what's on the ballot, right, Jack? To decriminalize? I think so. It's like yeah, for, mushrooms for medical purposes Colorado. or something. Yeah, yeah. They'll, be, they'll be in stores in no time. Those yeah. things are going to be out here <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I like their methodology around ultra endurance training. They're very much on like the fat adapted part. Like if you can really nail that, like your nutrition <clears throat> matters a little bit less because you don't have to eat as much. And a lot of the people who end up dropping out or having problems in these long races are like GI issues, how much they can take in and how much they could actually process through. So like that squad is going to rely less on that. I mean, that's the idea behind it. And it, it's kind of works. It, for these ultra endurance type of events, does it work for hybrid ultra? Like when you have to do things that spike you, does that lower the effectiveness? When you got to tip anaerobic just by the the physicality of the obstacle, how anaerobic are you, are you getting? Like, yeah, I don't know. That's the question. Like how many bars. how many little pokes in that tank does it take? I don't yeah. know. We ha- have we seen someone. A self-proclaimed fat-adapted athlete take on world's toughest. I think DJ. I think DJ is an example. Last year he was already. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, so but even if they tip over, you'd think because they're fat-adapted, they could just go right back to that energy system. Sure, it hits them, but right in theory, yeah. there should still be a big tank to draw from. Even if and they you, you eat carbohydrates during an event, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah. So like if you are getting like, they're not during ketosis it. during it. No, no, it's just like oh, they have to rely no. a little bit less. They might have to eat less frequently. Um, throughout so do you think that having multiple people in their crew out there is going to help them though like what if josh and anthony and dj they're just like let's just go on a run together for you know the first 12 hours see what happens after yeah. that i think morale wise that's going to help a lot I hope, I hope they turn on each other and just start yeah yeah it's hunger games they just start just, just going and dropping them yeah jack if you had to fight one person in ocr who would it be one person in ocr did you guys have this conversation earlier Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was unanimous. Okay. Uh, and and I'm obviously expecting to win in this. Doesn't one. matter. You could just want to see. I think Joe DeSena would be a good one. So like, I just want to see what he, mm-hmm. what it is. What's he, what's he got? Right? I, he I'd like good. to see Nick Riker. That'd be nice. Oh, I'd love to fight. I'm gonna fight Riker. I don't. <laughs> yeah. That's a good answer. That didn't I come think up. Be too hard. How did that? Not seems like he seems like one night on the town you could fight Nick. I like Nick, but one sentence in the talk until I'm fucking fight. It'd be interesting. Yeah, can't wait. Actually, you know what? Dylan Scott, because of what he said to me after finishing oh, that race. Good one. Yeah. Gangly. He'd be, he'd be wrapped around you like a spider monkey. <laughs> yep. no. What did he say to you? 
Oh, basically, he finished the race, and like I, I said, he'd finished like tenth, and he ended up getting sixth or seventh. And he's like, "You can take that spreadsheet and shove it up your ass, Jack." Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Leave so, the spreadsheets out of this. Yeah. Now it's on. Yeah, uh, I guess the other nominee would probably be Matt B. Davis for obvious reasons. I think that, but that would gonna... kind of be unfair. That would be like, uh, you know, the NWO and some of those. Ric Flair just came back. It's like you don't want to beat up someone that age. So I don't I feel bad about that. it. No. Just yeah. be sad. It would be <laughs> just be feeling sad. <laughs> yeah, so like you beat up that one uncle at your get together. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to change mine. I, <laughs> give me, give me Robert Killian. <clears throat> All right, there can only be one. There Bald can only be one. Right yep. Yeah, that's a heavy pivot. Should it be a triple threat match? You, Nick, and Rob. Sure. No, yeah. he can get the bye because he's the he's a multi-time world champion. But I, w- I want to put that special forces badge to the test just want to see you want to find out and then there can only be one all right he kicks kevin gelati's ass in uh whatever whatever steve austin's broken i don't want it now bracken you might not remember this but right right around the time when you were leaving colorado springs i was just getting up there we met at your apartment how would i not remember wrestling you in a what what was it a uh (laughs) little sandbox oh no, what is that? What is that game? It, it was like something pull the ball. flag off, pulled a Velcro or something like that. Anyways, I, just, I helped yeah. he and Benny prep for wrestling at Broken Skull. Yeah, Bracken, he he's feisty. I, I think I like Bracken's chances. You can scrap. Yeah. Well, Rich picked yeah. you. Jack. I'm fighting you, Jack. <laughs> you wanted to pick? Okay, let's go. No, I didn't Rich want wants to. all of it today. Yeah. I'm Deca dog, you. I wasn't even there to defend myself. Now, now, now. At least I'm aware of it. But yeah, Deca dog plus like the you know the the prize fight right here. We've got a good good weekend coming. Whenever we decide to do that, Dylan's looking like Deca dog's coming his way. So you can fight him after Deca dog. Yeah. yeah. On the women's side of world toughest, we didn't. Uh, what we got? Katie. Katie Knight's going right. Katie Knight. I thought Amelia said she was gonna. Is that right? Um, I'm looking at a, a YouTube Google search right here and it says world's toughest mutter women contenders, Amelia Boone, Katie Knight, Hannah Carta, Kelly mm-hmm. Schweikart, and Christopher Glosky could lead the deepest women's field in WTM history. Mm-hmm. What do we Chris expect from Amelia? She's going to get sepsis or something. She already <laughs> has it. Kirk, you got, what did you get that one time from Palmerton? Got MRSA. I think I got it from the plane ride back. I got the cut in Palmerton. Mercer in between that and uh, what, TMX. That's why you don't fly Spirit Airlines. <laughs> I don't remember what I flew. <laughs> I just thought, honestly, this is the thing that caught me off guard with that, is when you get Mercer or a staph infection, you break out with this crazy rash under your armpit, and I was itching it till it was like oozing. It was disgusting. Ooh. But I coincidentally switched deodorants that week, and I was like, it's the deodorant. So I never mm-hmm. thought to go to the doctor mm-hmm. and see that I was potentially dying from the inside out. So I put it off like a week. So Warning, if you start you breaking out in your armpit. Puss from the armpit when you switch deodorant brands? How often is no, but Like once a decade. So I figured that was the thing. It was an easy thing to point at. Anyways. I, I had that happen we'll once. On. I switched deodorants in college and I put <clears> it on. And like five minutes later, I'm like, man, this is burning. Right. Just After get rid 10 of 10 minutes, I got in the shower and scrubbed it all off. And I lost a layer of skin. It peeled off like sunburn. Ooh, that happened to me man. too. Was it antiperspirant or just deodorant? I don't know. You got to use antiperspirant with us. Sweating no so much. That seems such. That's a weird thing to do, especially oh, yeah. the material the t-shirts we're all wearing what, these days. What's your deodorant brand of choice? What, what do you guys use? Currently, Degree. 
agree. Tom's like, unscented. Yeah, he's like some native, like some yeah. natural something. I rub crystals in my armpit. Chew up a paste. <laughs> Plop it in there. That what works real well is toothpaste, by yeah. the way. It dries everything up in there. It's nice. It's a crusty thing, but it... Put a little Colgate in there, you'd be shocked. Right? I can't imagine what these last shocked. 10 days in the woods were like for you. I didn't shower for eight of them. It was awesome. Oh, that's probably pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's where I record remotely. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So who do you guys think on the women's end? Like I would I would put Chris as the favorite. Even with the potential MRSA she's gonna and have. And trifecta coming a week earlier. No, we yeah, can't. we've seen her run hundred miles. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. Like we're just not regarding any of that. Yeah. This is an easy run. We're glossy. Katie. Yeah. You think so? <clears throat> I'm gonna give Chris a chip on her shoulder here. I've never seen her win a long race. I think that that's fair. That's she actually, does great at them. That's good analysis. But I haven't seen her win one. Like win a hundo, like a pure hundo. Yeah. An ultra? I don't see her win them. She she does second, third, fourth. I've never seen Katie truly lose. Ooh. That's a good call. Yeah, Chris. Plus, she I wasn't. stated at the beginning that I'd fight her. Yeah, that's what that was my pick, Jack. You know, you know that Chris messaged me after our last episode, and she also wears a watch on her right wrist, and she's right-handed, so she listens. She'll hear this part as well. Mm-hmm. She's gonna yeah. be Bracken's going right in for the hair pulling. He said. I'm usually complimentary of her, and today I said I'd fight her to take her down a peg, and she can't win an ultra. <laughs> just applying chips. Which Katie means did she's win, win every ultra this year. That Katie didn't just win, though. Katie smashed, smashed. right? So that's there's a big gap to make up. What do you and think? And she did it aggressively. But Chris will go with her. That's Chris, the not, Chris ain't letting nobody go. It. They, they will be the reason one of those two crumbles because they're <laughs> going to go. I can't wait to see it. Is that ever how these races work, though? Is like people go with each other? Godet and Veerman like, did. Godet and Veerman. But they Boom. didn't. That wasn't like a race. It like never actually no? was a race. <clears throat> they were just like out there hanging out. You know, where people Company are leads blows. to better performances. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. That's why these races are strange to me. It's like, what's actually happening? It's like, you do something, like you see what's happening in the beginning. You go do a full work day of stuff. You come back and something else is completely changed. And the race is, is like the opposite of what you saw earlier. <clears throat> so it's hard to even know how these things are going to play out. Where are we seeing well, this stuff? Right? How are we accessing this media wise? Matt's Anybody? not doing a live stream, but I know Matt will be present there, probably doing stories and okay. occasional hits. Like OCR report track, is going to be trackers. on site. OCR That's report will okay. They'll be on site. They're not going to have a standard live stream the entire time. I don't think they're going to have constant updates. I could be wrong about that, but they will have people on site for sure. You on the microphone? No, no, they're doing all all live and local. And the the, the tracker that they've had has been pretty impressive in the past. Yes. But now that it's Spartan, who knows? Even though Bracken, you were complimentary of Spartans. Yeah, yeah, remember how much we shat on them for their new timing system the first Everything. time it didn't work? And then now it's really good. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's the same, same deal. I just wish they had more more mats yeah, to yeah. give more data. But that's like more Matthew Davises. <laughs> just more people to fight. Yeah. More Matthew Davises, the more fights there'll be. Yeah. Jack, have you ever been in a fight in your life? Like an actual like, like an actual fight. Fist fight or brawl? Out of haste and anger. What's your or definition? Uh, like back in high school, a couple times, like 
one of my teammates who I didn't like too much, just a couple, he like smacked me in the, the back of the head and we, we definitely got into it. And, uh, he ended what up. What is definitely jump. got into Did it. you punch him in the face or did he punch no. you in the face? Well, I was finishing the story. Um, so anyway, <laughs> he, he basically came up to me, hit me in the back of the head, thought it was funny. And then I pushed him, uh, like I caught up to him 30 seconds later, pushed him in, into like a, tr- uh, some bushes in the snow. And then I thought that was pretty funny. And then he came up behind me, tried to like slam me from behind into the ground, but I, I like didn't fall over and I had him on my back and we were just wrestling for 15, 20 seconds. And then eventually I just like threw him off of me and he hit his head on the, on the, uh, the concrete and then ended up getting a concussion. Um, murdered and then we had to like, Jeez. yeah, we had to like drag him out of the, uh, out of the street. Cause like some cars and a school bus was coming. And basically he was just like wobbling the last half mile back to school. And then the next morning I got, to, cause a lot of people didn't like this kid. Um, and next morning I got to school and my class, my locker was like the complete opposite end of the, the hall had to walk like, you know, a thousand feet or something. I probably had 50 people come up to me. They're like, we're so glad you beat the shit out of Ben. Like, so, oh man, I heard you whooped him. And I'm You're like, yeah, I don't know how to start, foot hallway. I'll take it in, in high school. That's extraordinary. Yeah. That's what I took out of this story. Man- Manchester <laughs> Central. Yeah, that, that's big always. That's the clip. Just like, you know, a few wrestling, but not like a, a punch. Try to truly injure the other person. Okay, so Jackson, no, I've been punched three times, four times. And yet I've never thrown one myself. <laughs> did, the, did the bachelor stuff put like a target on you? If you're like out and about people talking shit. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One time I was hanging out with some chicks after the bachelor. Apparently, some guy's ex-girlfriend, he showed up. We were at somebody's apartment, and and I was real drunk. And he just walked in, and I turned around, and I got it square in the in between the eyes, and I just landed on the floor. And all the next thing I know, I woke up the next morning with a puffy face and blood down it, and I don't <laughs> even remember. What? Just because, oh, yeah. like, you were there? You're a dude yeah. in this place? Well, I think I was. it was like me and her were probably hitting it off sort of thing, and it mm. was wrong place, <laughs> wrong time. So I ended up on the floor real good once. It was bad. <laughs> I couldn't breathe out of my nose for like a week. If all right, how, how about similar <clears throat> fight topic? If there's one person who you think wants to fight you in OCR, who would it be? Dave Watson. You think he we've wants to? This whole podcast, we've done nothing but trash Spartan for like three and a half weeks. <laughs> That's I it. tried giving them a compliment about their timing system, but that was the best I can come up with. Only three and a half weeks. I feel like it's been at least four months since we started. <clears throat> you think he? He'd be a good one to fight. That'd be something. No, if you, want if you want I'm your just saying, I think he has an issue with our podcast, probably. Yeah, he, he wants to shoot the fair one. Who hates you, Rich? Apparently, uh, I, like Ryland didn't like that. I think he wouldn't go sub sixty. So we're gonna we're gonna fight in Deca. We're gonna as soon as the the gun goes off, I'm not even gonna race. I'm just gonna fight him. <laughs> you should it. just clothesline him when they do call ups. Just like just start it right there. He'll get he'll get called up before me, so I have to bum rush him. As I'm getting called up. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just Rich, you strike me as a lot of drunken brawls in college. Not in college, is my like college, post college, some. And just like the area where I went to college, like in Philadelphia, people just want to fucking fight you. Like that's what that's been a great part about being in Denver. It's like, I feel like people want to fight me way less out here. And that's great. <laughs> but in Philly, like, felt like people wanted to fight me a lot. And then I didn't, and I don't really didn't know anybody. So it would be stuff like that. Yeah. Like, a, lot, a lot of shit talking getting punched throwing punches but not like not ever like kind of really so you're in i like it hmm. 
we're fighting. For me, it's every every chicken breast and hamburger eating Karen and Nancy out there doesn't like that I go get it myself. They would they want to fight me. That's who. I, nobody in the sport. The, the anti hunters. Like, the people who the anti hunters who the people who love animals but eat them, but then crucify me for doing the same. On Why do you hate animals? Discord? It's terrible. But anyways, those people. But it wouldn't be a fair fight. Like these are, like you know, not the type. So. No, that wouldn't be very fun. No, it would be sad. It would be sad again. Yep. Jack, you. Jack? Um, well, me, I kind of had a, and, I had a falling me. out with Michael Mark. He, he doesn't like you too much. You remember him? I think a lot of people did. Yeah. <clears throat> so he, he, glad he's not around anymore, but he didn't end too well. Hmm. All of us took ours whimsically, and you talked about a time where you hoped statute of limitations expired because you almost got a kid murdered by a school bus. And then you <laughs> out oh, the real falling out you had with someone in the industry. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't here for the whole podcast to get the context. Uh, no, we were all. I don't think any of us gave a real answer, but you, you're, wow, you're, you, you dumped your purse out. The yeah, honesty yeah. is hey. great, Jack. We appreciate you for <laughs> honesty. Honesty pays off. And and speaking of honesty, I just pulled up Google Maps in the background, measured the length of my high school, approximately the length of the building, and it was 859 feet. So it wasn't a thousand. It was, but it was, it was a pretty long hallway. So you were wrong. I was, but I'm not, you know, I was, I was pretty accurate. It was a very, so long when you give a distance, a length, let's say it's about 20% longer than it really is. How about you when you're uh, <laughs> pooping on the homeless guy store, you were approximately twice off, you know, you had a 50% margin of error right there. I mean, margins of error with poop is, is relative. <laughs> I'm well aware there, that that needs to be, <laughs> you know, very, very precise at that point, but that's probably the guy who would find me. <laughs> we're off the rails we're we were we, were, we received sorry for we received a review kirk and i this week that said their favorite part is when we go off the rails on did tangents you, did you guys ask for reviews because you guys have been blowing up on that we you were watching our reviews so i have this thing called chartable he doesn't listen but he but he gets the reviews <laughs> yeah, I, get, I get char- <laughs> i get chartable too yeah yeah so it kind of can it'll show yeah, I'm just like on uh, an Apple podcast. Like, We're going to start asking people again. to relieve, to leave reviews that mention you. <laughs> mm. See how well these, see we how did a, they are. We did a three mm. t-shirt giveaway for, for reviews. We basically slut ourselves mm. out, but it was worth it. We got a lot of nice ones. It's fantastic. But like the thing with reviews, I don't like, I think it looks good if people are looking to subscribe to your podcast, like, oh, this thing has 600 or 700 reviews or whatever for that perspective. But in terms of the charts, the shit doesn't matter at all. I think it's downloads. We're not for the charts. We're for the, we're for the people. The charts are yeah down new new downloads, new subscribers. Mm. Oh, okay, is what changes it. That's why we were number one on Racebrain when we first came out. <clears throat> it's for a reason. We had zero, and then all of a sudden we had whatever, however many new subscribers. Mm. But that's why like you can kind of just plateau and sit when things aren't growing. Mm. Good to know. Yeah, let, let's all stupid. Did you guys already pick your, you know, who, who you think is going to win WTM? No. no. Did you go to high school on a cruise ship? Is that why it was like, how do you get a thousand meter hallway? I just don't get it. Not meter, feet. So who's going to win? Feet cracking. <laughs> thousand feet. I, I don't um, use Imperial. My high school is roughly that long as well. In case anybody's wondering. Long, long and narrow. I'm sure mine was really the same. I don't know. I don't mine was short and stout. Never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking Mark Goddard. 
Damn it. Some so, Someone run with him at night. I dare you. You think he's going to get out of sorts because of the wet? No. The, the dark, the cold, he says bring it. He's not going to play around. Mark Odette. I think that him having experience being wet in a 24-hour race is a lot different than Tyler and his only 24-hour race being Telluride where you weren't getting wet. I think that's going to pay off. Mark is the reigning champ for a reason. I'm going Mark also. He's not the reigning champ of World's Toughest. Okay, the reigning OCR 24-hour major race champion. That's That's not a title. (laughs) I know. And then Uh, I'm going Chris on the women's. Feels icky to pick, I think, between a few people, but uh, let's just go. Let's keep Tyler Veerman's ball rolling, huh? All right. Give me Ultra House. You're you going for the podium? Campbell? I'm taking Ultra House. Singular. One, Josh, DJ, and Anthony, one, two, yep. three, in some order. No, I'm taking, uh, yeah, them. One of those three wins it. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Yeah. It, listen. <laughs> That's how what I'm choosing. If if there's yeah. some if there's how about if you had to prioritize DJ Fox. Yeah. All right. Give me right. the people's champ. And I throw Kunkel into there to be the most interesting stick in the spokes that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. We've seen athletes on the women's end, like Aaron Ross is an example, who come came out of nowhere and found the podium. And she's done it three times, I think. Three times I think she ended up second At least or on twice. the podium. Yeah, and she was third last year. Yeah. So like she sure. came up out of nowhere and then circled this again on the calendar came out and did it again. So, so DJ could be that. I think they put two in the top five minimum. I think Charles is reading. I would think winner go two or three or four. Chris Mendoza is going to, he'll be in podium contention at the end. Like he always does. Same as Trevor. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. that they'll end up getting two in the top five. Oh, let's do a side bet. I put ultra house two in the top five. One in the top five. That's a good bet. Well, I I know you're taking not yeah. two, but I'm curious more about what you would bet. <sighs> Jack, not real money. I haven't paid enough attention to get the numbers. <laughs> you'd probably still get plus. You definitely get plus odds on that, but I don't think you get a ton of action. No, I'm looking there. to put an actual wager, non money wise, with you, Jack Bauer. I'm not I feel doing. Like it. I'm getting you on a very compromised day. You're a little out of sorts. Way out of sorts. Yeah, so that's why I'm I'm sticking with my guns and not not making a bet. I'm going zero. Zero and then five. <laughs> I like it. Josh Reedinger, not, not going to hold up. Jo- They're Josh, all going to get detained I'm, at yes. the airport. Kunkel's going to get cold <laughs> at about 8 p.m. His little frame, and he's just going to shiver out. And then That's the thing with, with, with Anthony. Right? We talked about this a little bit last episode. Like His, his ultra prowess is on road. Yeah, right. like where, he, where he's excelled more than anybody, or he's excelled at a, a, he's an American champ, I think two-time. So he's like really, really good. Yeah. yeah. But a uh, couple of shoulders dislocated out of Reed and then Fox going out hard and dying home is inspired. And then suddenly no zero. And I don't know if I mean this at all, but let's, let's, let's put some uh, receipts out there. Huh? Rich, okay. how many? The top five, two, <clears throat> two. Okay. Anthony think, and Josh. Think, uh, no, I think Josh and DJ. All right. Cause DJ rhymes with VJ. Um, that's not why. Okay. <laughs> Interesting take. More because he got third last year. If VJ was in this race, how would he do? Four. Um, DNS. Yeah. He'd win the hot lap. <laughs> <laughs> I think he could win the hot lap. Mm-hmm. He'd probably smash that hot lap. 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Mendoza's one to think about for sure. Former Psycho. champ, Trevor Psycho's former champ. I, we have, I let's see I how many Austin Azar for, but I, mean, I don't know. I, did, I, didn't look, I thought that he mentioned he was doing WTM, which would be crazy because he's got a hundred or hundred five before. Oh, has he? He's got a hundred yeah. for sure. Yeah. He got passed on the last lap by Chris Mendoza. I thought that year. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. He was like a gun. Mm-hmm. He was going to win. And then something happened on the last lap and he well, just, he led for like 23 hours. Yeah. Trevor. No, Austin Azar. No, the year the year Chris Mendoza won. You've got three of us agreeing on it. Rich. He's got a jacket. Rich is only hybrid. You got to remember that. <clears throat> That's true. Oh, this is we're talking about Rich is hybrid and bar fights. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about toughest mutter. I didn't know. Yeah, never mind. I don't yeah. know. I thought I thought for sure he passed Trevor though, but I'm I'm willing to say no. And I'm I, I really hope Callie does well. I think she she'll will. make the podium. What's your order? Her times in ultra event, like in Kelowna and I think Utah, she had a like her ratio versus the men's winner. She's she's holding her own. She's really impressed me. This is just the farthest from any course she's done this year, maybe in years. That's the only unknown with her is she's never done anything similar to this format. She likes being cold. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chris Mendoza's won one year, right? He, that sounds right. Okay, so Mendoza, the lead was held by Mendoza or Trevor Psychos for most of the 24-hour race. And Mendoza passed Psychos with less than a mile to go. Suck it. That was a jack move right there. It's like, you think I'm wrong? Okay. I'll right. show you. And then Jesse Bruce got third that year. <clears throat> Over Austin, swear Austin had a Google. Google the same thing that I just googled and tell me what you came up with. Uh, I'm looking at 2016 results. uh, Austin Azar, second place, 22 hours 43 minutes, 100 miles. Chris Mendoza, 24:45 for 100 miles. Trevor Psychos, 105. He won that year in 24 flat. So Austin was had a faster rate. He just couldn't hang on for the last lap. So he was passed by Trevor, not Trevor, not Chris, but still got a hundred and took second. Yes. So you guys were wrong, and that was and that was correct. All I said was that he got a hundred miles. Yeah, I didn't discard. I didn't, didn't disregard it. Yeah. Right. And that Rylan would absolutely work you, son. Are you serious? Has he has he not worked anything this year? <laughs> he, he's his. I think that he would win in a fight because of how well he did at trifecta world championships. All right. That's, that's let's let's say after Decafit World Championships, Ryan Kent, <clears throat> Ryland Shadegg, they've got you know 29 minutes. As soon as it hits 29 minutes, you've got to step in a ring, fight each other. Who's gonna win? They've got like barely any rest. Ryan Kent. I'd fight them both. I can't I'm gonna fight Kent too when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. What if you threw us all in a ring? Us four. It'd be an interesting. Oh, yeah. Watch this shake out. That talking. would be fun. That would be interesting. That would that'd be, be. A, that'd be a good That'd be a worthwhile watch. That would. Yeah. We'll get we'll get OCR report to to stream it. It'd be like the race pain podcast. That would, oh, that would no. Ooh, oh, oh, he's full of them. I think that's a great place to end it. It's close to lunchtime. Jack it's fucking crushed it, crushed a joke. <laughs> So Jack, thanks for joining us today. Next week we're going to talk about probably world's toughest. We got some Deca, Deca to lead into 
we'll just talk about some other stuff. Boys, this was fun. Running public, what do we got this this week? What do we have? Did our episode release yet already today, Bracken? Nope. Why it's okay <laughs> to run on why it's okay to run on the treadmill in the winter. Don't feel like a wuss when you choose the treadmill. We give people a reason why to choose the treadmill in the winter. And then we got an age group athlete interview um, for Friday. People have been asking for age group athletes, and we're interviewing one of uh, one of mine. So we couldn't get a hold of Jack. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zinger, uh, we're, we're making this fight go down. You can meet me in Atlantic City and we'll, we'll settle this, except you won't. Yeah, right. Either. We're wrestling around and getting needles stuck in us in Atlantic City. Yeah, can't That's fight true. there. That's what true. about you, Rich? Ian Hosick, uh, oh, yeah. former Race Brain podcast guest, is also a reinforced running podcast. Did you ask him like what he's been doing for the last year because he's gone dark? I want to know. He's just been like, I just didn't want, I just didn't feel like it. Oh, it's basically that's good for him. Like, oh, well, social excited. media too. He hasn't updated people. So I was mm-hmm. curious. Mm-hmm. He's just like, yeah, I'm not excited about like racing. Him. So I haven't been doing it. Yeah. It. Good stuff. Talked about like off season stuff and just like general <clears throat> coaching OCR type of thing. Going to get uh, a hybrid athlete on this week. Hasn't happened, but it will be in the hybrid DECA fit area. So when are you getting Meg Jacoby on there? At some point, she's probably getting calls from ORM and yeah. all those people talk about we're second about wave first. type podcast we don't we're not the news breakers we get we're not bringing it we're not bringing them yeah we're, we're not people. bringing it we're breaking it down we're breaking it down exactly that's yeah. right 100 percent. 100 percent. i'm going to eat great job please see ya bye see ya